Let's Roll. This is Counter Charge, your podcast for ranks, flanks, and kings of war. as they delve into the world of Panathor and bring you worldwide coverage of all things Kings of War. Welcome to Countercharge. I'm Dylan Scribner. I'm Brian Lettrell. Hey, I'm Kat Royer. And I am Rob Enough. And as you heard, we are back again for another Army Review. This is the third one in back-to-back succession. But before we get there, let's do our intros. Dylan, why don't you kind of introduce yourself and rem- remind us why we should care about your opinion. I'm not sure if anyone should really care about my opinion, but I've been playing Salamanders for a long time, even all the way back to second, whenever they were trash, I was playing them. And my most recent escapades with Salamanders was probably a little out of date at this point. I qualified for Masters 2019 with them or in the year 2019 for 2020. Yeah, just been, you know, it's, it's the army I always come back to. I've been playing them for a long time. I know the army inside and out, really. I know what they're good at. And so I'm here to provide some worldly salamander advice. And the last time we tried to do this, you put me to sleep, if I recall. Yeah, that's how much information I gave you. Put it you was so much. It made me fall asleep. <laughs> yeah, It was yeah. also like 2 o'clock in the morning. That's probably more the reason why I fell asleep. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Well, let's throw it over to Brian. So, Brian Luttrell, you have been on the scene a long time. I think we met back at maybe a Manticon or something years ago. I've always known you as a Salamander player. So why don't you start off by giving us your origin story for gaming, how you got into Kings of War, and then bring us up to speed with your familiarity with the Salamander army. Uh, Well, I I started playing Battletech in in 1997, and then... uh... I had a math teacher in high school that played 40K and he got me into that. I always enjoyed watching Warhammer Fantasy and I, and I watched all the, the battle reports and read them all. I never played it, but I just liked watching and reading about it. And fortunately, it was GW's Lizardman that kind of got me interested. And finally, in 20, 2017, I'd been looking for a reason to buy the miniatures and made a post on Facebook. And then a guy named um, Drew Gaddy said, Yeah, I know what Kings of War is. I can teach you that. And uh, how ironic, Brian, because I taught I taught Drew Gaddy. <laughs> uh, you did <laughs> he huh? his first game at NashCon and back in 2016. So no that's funny. He showed up on a Friday night at NashCon and was like, "What's this game?" I'm like, well, "Let's let's show you, give you a demo." He found an army and he played in the tournament, and I yeah. and he's a you know, power gamer ever since. <laughs> well, no, he he has uh, 2016. Now, well, in 2017, I think he had. At least every army in the book in his in his in his, uh, his, uh, his studio his work area. But so he taught me. We played. I, we must have played in like seven different tournaments that year. And it was a great time. I loved it. I loved uh, I loved the community. I was playing Salamanders in Second Edition in the Southeast. That's tough, man. Heavy sure, yeah, many. I was gonna say you're getting shot off the yes. table. Yes, <laughs> every single game. It was, I was like my Salamander Prime hordes there. They aren't living to, to see the end of the game. But from there, I had to take a, a year break due to the military and then uh, came back, played some more. I couldn't make it to Masters the last two years, again, because of the military, but I'll be retiring soon. So hopefully I'll come back here in the spring. I'll uh, bang out a couple tournaments and uh, someone will think that means I'm good enough to play in Masters and, and I'll be able to go. Uh, as, as far as bona fides, I, I'm okay. 
you know, I, I've, I've gone four and one in the last three or four tournaments I've played in, which is, which is that's okay, very good. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's all right. If you're mid table in the Southeast, <laughs> you're doing pretty good because we got to have it. We got to have a shooting meta. And if you're not bringing D six, <laughs> it's hard to stay yeah. on the table. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it's a little there. There's definitely less shooting uh, in the, the Midwest and, and mountain areas. I, I feel like, so I, I have stuck to sort of the same style of, of, you know, anvil of, of heavy infantry with uh, you know, the obvious hammers and list. I, Partially, mostly because I think that's really the only thing that Salamanders can do. Uh, I know Dylan sort of branched out, seeing if the shooting works. I've played with that on Universal Battles, and it was kind of iffy for me. But so that's that's kind of where I'm at uh, right now. So, Cat, you've been on the show before. Well, why don't you remind us why you're such a great Salamander player? Oh, <laughs> I don't know if there's anything like that. I've attended so far. I think it was eight or nine GTS including the Masters, and I've played Salamanders the entire time since I started playing. And uh, yeah, the game's outstanding, and I enjoy the faction quite a bit. So in terms of a hobby update, I'm working on Salamanders. I bought the Mantic Range. I'm a big fan of the Rhinosaurs. I don't know if they work in the list. I'm going to listen to you guys. But I do like the Tyrant models and, and Scorch Wings. Everybody loves Scorch Wings, right? So I've been just building, 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 and then at some point I have to actually make a list. Right now I'm just building models. Those resins go together pretty quick. What, what are you working on, Dylan? I actually got a couple projects that I'm looking forward to. I have some models waiting for me in storage right now for another Salamander army. That list is actually the one I'm going to go over tonight, and hopefully I can get to that this coming year. <laughs> but what I'm doing right now before that is I'm trying to figure out a way to use old school Monster Apocalypse models. It's just I know it's taboo because they're like pre-painted like plastics and stuff, but I'm trying to figure out how to compensate for that and make like a kaiju themed, like battle in the city top as far as the theme goes, but I'm not sure if it's going to work or not yet. But anyway, that's what I'm working on. How about you, Kat? Oh, well, um, I'm trying to figure out how to sculpt miniatures so that I can sculpt some sweet coarse hairs and then Hopefully you get those painted up because it's the next kind of thing I want to explore. I'm just forever working on the army. Brian, how about you? Kind of between things being overseas without most of my stuff. But when I, I'm going to fly home uh, in a couple of weeks, I'm going to bring back my uh, firefight box set that I've yet to crack open. Well, let's jump into the background. And we've had this question since 2015 when the first Uncharted Empires came out, which is, and I'll read Mike, Mike Recruity's question. Is it strange to use the name of an amphibian to refer to a reptilian species? You know, we actually have a clip from Matt Gilbert who wrote Uncharted Empires. We'll drop that in here now. There was um, had a long conversation with uh, Ronnie one evening. He called me up to uh, talk about what we were going to do with the the reptilians and the, the kind of the lizard men. And I said, well, you've got you've already got these these salamander things coming out. Why don't we build it around that rather than have a, a lizard man army? Let's make it specifically a salamander army because obviously then uh, you know you've already you've already started to create models for that. You know you can you can run with that like you know down the line when you need to. His problem with it was you know obviously, and other people have picked up on this as well. Salamanders are amphibians. They're they're not lizards. Um, so when he when he uh, kind of envisaged the um, the salamanders, he he's got these amphibian things that are creatures of fire, etc. And then when the, when the concept art and the models came through, he said, "Hang on, these are lizards. What's going on?" So we had to 
had to to write it in such a way that that explained that what what the salamanders were and what they've become and why that makes them behave in the way that they do. Next up, we've got Chris Thomas. His question, how is it that a faction that is on fire the whole time can successfully sail wooden ships? Anybody want to take that question? That's a great question. question. And this might be a hot take, but I don't like the pirate part of their backstory. But I love because I I love the fact that it's not Lizardmen. I love the use some kind of fire retardant like tar to make their boats, you know, they slip around nice. I I always take it as they're not actually on fire. Their blood is on fire. It's an internal thing. Yeah, Yeah. they're not on fire, yeah. You know, like the captain sleeping in his quarters, you know, rolls over and is like hot chest lights the blankets on fire. I don't know. Do they use blankets? And they use black powder weapons too. So it's like that's a bad, bad combination <laughs> if you're on fire, right? Don't shoot. Oh, it went off. So Dave Fanning asks, why aren't salamanders immune to fireball? Anybody know why? That's a great question, to be honest. Why aren't they? I think that'd be that'd be I think that'd be a flavorful addition. Matt Selleck seems to think that uh, fireball should heal them. If you get hit, you should you should get your wounds back, not take it or away. Or give them spell ward fireball. I like that. Yeah. Well now that the banner's gone, right? Yeah. <laughs> little, little little flavor. And then Matt Crozier. From a thematic point of view, how could Mantic push the IP more in their own direction? It's a little late from the artistic direction. I think they could have done a better job of making the models have a common theme between them, like other companies did with, with theirs. Maybe they could start with like what what an effigy of fire is, because that's you know a common item. They could maybe make a uh, a conversion kit to add the effigy of fire to, to different units. Maybe it's a standard of some kind. But- and that's what the tyrants come with. They come with the effigy of fire, and it's it's an arm that holds a big flame standard. Like Brian said, go further into the fire aspect from like the standpoint of like the mythological salamander, or they could dip their toes in like they're doing with Twilight Ken and retcon some of the fluff, redo sculpts if they want to update their core infantry. That would be a good time. I mean, they don't need to do with any anything of anything with the new stuff. It's already would fit slide right in. But if they were looking to update their the original stuff, the core infantry, that would be a good time to move some stuff around to, to do their original idea. Like we talked about earlier mm-hmm. with the actual amphibious nature of what a salamander actually is. What you just said kind of triggered that we have another question uh, from Rex Gibson who asks, do you think the army list is going in too many directions in regard to themes and synergies? You know, I think he's asking it from a, from a playability standpoint, but thematically, aesthetically, I don't know. What do you guys think? Like, is he referring to like maybe how the like the basic infantry are fire lizards? The tyrants are not. The Lakelidon is not. I think it represents the hierarchy of the of the faction. You know, you have the you know the ancients are at the top of the volcano. The infantry are you know at the base of the volcano. The unblooded and those tops, and then you have. You know, the Gekota, they are in the jungle surrounding the volcano. Like, it's just a hierarchy that may be... So it's just a scaly version of the forces of the abyss. Yeah. I think I'd like to see them dive more into two themes. You know, like right now, from playability, most of the list is just kind of bland, I I feel like. You know, if they were to rework the Gekko warriors and uh, the hunters and a couple characters to be interesting and, and, and playable and release a model range alongside it that shares, like I said, some some aesthetic theme between them, it would 
be better as opposed to, to not not better. Well, Dylan, why don't you go ahead and give us a little bit of an overview of the background? The most notable piece of their fluff would be, in my opinion, would be the war with winter. You know, they were a civilization on the rise and then winter came through and kind of put a halt to that to the point where, you know, they basically had to sacrifice the bulk of their forces the 13 reptilian cohorts while the rest of, of them were able to flee and they were able to flee. I think they fled across a, even across a body of water, which is when they kind of learned sailing and stuff like that. And then they were found the three Kings volcanic Island. And then that's when they kind of had a celestial arbiter or whatever. Uh, her, her name was Thorlack and she put up that magical barrier and kind of stopped winter. And then Valandor came down and, uh, yeah, when, when Valador stopped winter, yeah. she kind of exploded, yeah. and the salamanders went through the metamorphosis. Yeah, the catalyst that actually made them what they are. It's weird, because they're cold-blooded reptiles, but they still have to go back from time to time to their motherland, right? And actually recharge. recharge their batteries, if you will. Yeah. Ceremonial Guard and your Unblooded, those ancients, those are the ones that have to return. Corsairs. They're the ones that have to return to uh, recharge. Jungle-based ones don't. They don't have to do that, obviously. Really uh, awesome. well read on this. He is he is our Salamander lore master, it turns <laughs> out. Nick Brooks asks a question, and it's a great question. You know, what is it about Salamanders that makes you want to play the faction? Let's throw it over to Kat. It's got dinosaurs. Dinosaurs are sick, and that's all I needed in order to choose this faction. Dinos riding dinos. <laughs> What's more to love? What's more to love? I've always been a fan of, you know, even growing up, dinosaurs were my thing, and in Dungeons and Dragons, I play lizard folk and dragonborn, and you know that's just it's the aesthetic I enjoy. So I'm always drawn to, you know, that type of faction in war games. Obviously, the same. You know, like I said, I came. I, I like the the Aztec aesthetic GW. I like Mantic State as well. I really like all their their recent models. I've been building up a, uh, a stockpile of of salamanders for uh, eventually buying all the new guard conversion kits and just redoing the entire army of mantic only early on and, and to a lesser extent now you know i sort of felt like they were the underdog you know years ago as far as uh you know army power and uh, i like it why don't we kind of go around the room and talk about models i know cat you're real big on 3d prints talk to us about the model range you're using for your uh salamander army yeah so my uh salamander army consists entirely of 3d printed models i printed them from a broad range of sort of styles there's arc villain games in the form of the rakawas that i'm using there's raven twin miniatures who sculpted the tyrants that i love You've got a Lost Kingdom. A lot of it is Lost Kingdoms. They have an incredible amount of excellent reptilian sculpts. So it's just a hodgepodge of all my favorite lizards on the internet, basically. Well, that's the best part, right? They're dinosaurs. Of course. Find your favorite ones and, you know, sentient dinosaurs. Great. Yeah. It rules. Dylan, how about you? I use GW sculpts. It's just, uh, it's just, I had them. You know, I have them. That's what I'm using. Hard to beat those sculpts. Well, I mean, I, I think there's something to be said with if you if you've already had the army, like a design consistency, you stay with it because it is what you already have, and to add more to it that looks aesthetically different, you know, for me would break the immersion. I, I'm a guy that always likes to play an army that's one it's range the- that looks like it's designed by one person. I'm building a new Salamander army, so I'm using the I'm using the the uh, the magic stuff, but they don't make everything. They don't have commandons. There's a few things they don't make, so I'm. Right. I'm gonna have to either sculpt it myself or or convert it or do something like that. So, but Brian, how about you? I know you've been playing the Salamanders 
for a while. Yeah, I mean, I obviously am the same as same as Dylan. Um, I do. I I've started to supplement like different characters uh, from uh, different ranges, like uh, uh, Reaper miniatures and a few other ranges that I don't even remember the names of because they're just weird things I found on the internet. And uh, and on a side note, related related to the last topic that relates to the range is uh, I, I really enjoy painting an army that revolves around bright colors and has very like an organic theme to it so that you're not, you know, I don't like to paint a brown coat and, you know, black pants and then brown boots, but, you know, you can really mix it up when you're working with lizards. That army, you can do a lot of different things. You can take your, uh, your cues yeah. from nature. You could take your cues from, like, you mentioned the Aztec theme that maybe the GW has, you know, the reds and the yellows and the oranges and the greens. There's lots of options. And, and I think ultimately what I think I like salamanders is there's no wrong answer. You can pay them a hobby the heck you want. They're going to, you know, as long as you put the effort in, I think they're going to look great. Well, let's get into the special rules. So the special rule that this army has is Effigy of Fire. Effigy of Fire once per game after the unit rolls to damage in Malay. You may choose to re-roll D3 of the dice that failed to damage. Once used, the unit's Effigy of Fire is destroyed and cannot be used again for the remainder of the game. So I guess that means their fire is out. Talk to me about Effigy of Fire. It's not really ever something that comes into play for me. I think that if it was more consistent and it made re maybe you re-roll two dice or if it was D6 instead of D3, so there's a bit of very variance in it. I just, I never find myself reaching for it. The little items like this, they bother me because they're not consistent, like across the game. The Effigy of Fire, we get D3 failed wounds. But if you go to like, I also play Sylvan Cannon, and they have the Death Root Arrows. They just get straight up, up to three. If you roll three ones, you can re-roll three ones. You don't have to roll a D3 for it. If it was that, it would be a lot better. Having said that, if you have five ten points left over, getting a chance for extra wounds for five points is not bad in that case. If you have 30 points left over for artifacts and stuff, then it's not good. You just you put elite on something. Don't sacrifice something an, an item like that for a five point effigy in that in that instance. But so it's kind of circumstantial. That's kind of what I think about it. You know, they stripped vicious from our whole army this. Just, just took it away lollipop from a little baby it's heartbreaking <laughs> i mean i think that like in the context of all the other army special rules that have similar you know re-roll this re-roll that i actually think it's pretty good and i end up using two to four most times there's really only a, a couple pivotal combats in the game you know i can i can and, and i don't like the the uh, all the your eggs in one basket sort of idea you know like tyrants with uh sharpness you know i'd rather put effigy and spread that 35 pound uh, points out somewhere else i've got some use out of it the army alignment is good you know i don't play with allies but i guess that is kind of limiting because there's less good armies than anything else so you only have good and neutral armies to be able to pair up with this so i mean i guess that limits dealing what you can put in that broke list with all the scorch wings <laughs> i don't use allies that's a good quick question do any of you guys use allies no allies are for the weak that being said, there are the burning scales uh, orc tribes that ally with my salamanders at Orktown because you, you got to do that. The war yeah, kings so wouldn't let you show up. Right, you got to go in yeah, all the way. One hundred percent. So of course I have my orcs hanging out then. But other than that, it's pretty strictly salamander only over here. And second, I did. I'm sorry. I, I used uh, beast packs and, and a lichen horde. I had to try to close the gap because uh, you know of all, all the shooting that I had to deal with. But um, since Beast Pack allies got nerfed, I, I haven't. And I've, I've toyed every now and then with the idea of using 
uh, Dracons or something like that. I don't think you can anymore. But Scorchwings fill the role that I initially looked to allies to fill now. So Nick Brooks does ask, also, do you think Flamebound is unique enough army for them, uh, them being Salamanders? Flamebound, yeah, basically the, the elementals and the greater elemental? Who else is Flamebound? That's it. So is All it unique of, enough? No. Even the units that are fire-based in the lore do not have Flamebound. I don't think I've ever put a Mage Priest in a list because I don't want to play Elementals when I'm playing Salamanders. If I wanted Elementals, I'd play Forces of Nature. I want to play with Lizards. The Mage Priest doesn't have Elite. He has Fuel for the Fire. So if you're not playing with a Flamebound unit, then he doesn't get his Elite rolls because he lost Elite from second to third and gained this Flamebound rule. I don't think I've played with the Mage Priest the entirety of third because of that, really. You know, if more core infantry had it, then they would be a different story. But I don't know. It's only on like three, four things. Wasn't the original army rule like everything gets crushing or something like that? Yeah. Just kind of, yeah. But yeah, when the when the only interaction in the entire army is whether one singular unit gets a lead or not, if, if that's your army special rule, it is kind of lame. And like you're talking about the elementals, you know, if they had gone out of their way and maybe made or designed the, the salamander fire elementals to be like more fiery giant salamanders, you know, like tyrants on fire, maybe that could have been. Yeah, that'd, that'd be awesome. Color. That would be awesome. A dinosaur coming out of like a fiery pit. Yeah. You know, he's like throwing fire and stuff. Oh, man. You know, talking about IP, that sounds like an IP direction. Like every game has fire elementals. But do they have fiery velociraptors? (laughs) Let's take a quick commercial break. On the other side, we'll come back and we will get into the unit breakdowns. Hey, this is Drew from King's Retreat. You're listening to Countercharge. Welcome back to Countercharge, everyone. This is the meat and potatoes of of this episode. We're going to break down these, these units, how we use them. You know, what magical artifacts work well with those units, how they fit into the strategy of, of an effective build. And nothing says more effective than Gekato Warriors. Dylan, I know you're a big fan of these guys. Speed 6, Molly 5, Defense 3. They do come in Troop Regiment, Hordes, and Legion. So you've got a lot of options there. And they've got various amounts of attacks and nerve and their height too. And they have Vicious Molly and they have Pathfinder. Talking about these warriors, Chase Thompson out of Southern Mississippi asks, hey, do you guys ever use Gekato Warriors? And if so... What models do you use for them? And if you don't use them, what do they need to become viable? So, I'm assuming skinks is what most people use for them. Right. right. Yeah. yeah. So I've got the GW skinks for them. It works yeah. perfect. Same. If if I can only hope that Mantic follows the the art style of the Gecko Tall when they finally get get around to releasing them, because I, I think the pictures of them are pretty cool. Dylan, do you, do you ever use skinks? Oh, I'm sorry, Gecko Tall Warriors at all? The only unit of geckos that i use is i have one regiment painted and that's literally i only put it in there when i need an unlock it is strictly us2 with an unlock this unit is utter garbage i've used them all they're just the points to effort to kill just is not there exactly worth putting on the table even even in the form of, of chaff you know the troops just die so easily everything about them is weird and unusable yeah for me, it's like, what what are you getting? For like a horde at 155, like I compare them, and I probably shouldn't do this, but I compare them to Goblin Rabble. What are you getting for 30 points over Goblin Rabble? Nothing. You get Vicious Belay, it doesn't matter. You're hitting on fives, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. You get Pathfinder, doesn't matter. You have Defense 3, your Speed 6. What are they going to alpha? They're not alphaing anything. 
they're melee five. So it's like you're you're paying thirty points for these things versus a comparable unit that you're paying for offensive things, but you don't get the offensive return if that makes sense. Sure. And if they were, I don't know, a little cheaper. cheaper yeah, yeah. If they were a little or cheaper. don't give them Pathfinder or don't give them Vicious and and pay less yeah. because you don't have those special rules. Yeah. yeah, but anyway, I'm sure there's a reason. Whatever it is, I disagree with. Well, it. they don't make the models. Obviously, that's why they're not good. They don't make the models, <laughs> right? Once they make the models, doesn't isn't that how it works? Once you make the models, yeah. you make them super good, right? Cheapest unlock. I feel like if they just had stealthy for like five more points or something, I, I that'd be awesome, right? They at least won't get shot off the table. You yeah. could use them as like objective holders in the back, or you know, you got Pathfinder, you can get through some stuff. Yeah, make them a little bit more useful. Just jump into the heavy infantry. Uh, I'm blooded. These are my homies. I took three uh, hordes of them to masters unapologetically. I've been a huge proponent of unblooded. I'm basically their PR agent out there, social media campaign organizer. The unblooded rule, and here's why: they do so many wounds for their points if they get there. That's the asterisk. That's the, that's where the skill comes in. I love it. I tried the multi-horde thing, and, and I wasn't completely put off. I could try it again. Partially for me, it's it's a modeling aspect. I don't have that many extra salamanders sitting around. I can say, hey, these guys with spears are actually just unblooded. But uh, I, I've used regiments every now and then as unlocks. But even then, 120 points for 13, 15, 4 defense just falls off the table without doing a whole lot, in my experience. That's exciting. <laughs> yeah. I've never used them. So I won't say too much about them because I just don't know. But for me, it was hard to justify to not justify the 40 point uptick the tyrants. There's a lot yeah. of overlap, right? Because they both have the 30 attacks, they both hit on fours. You know, yeah. Tyrants I have mean, less nerve. These guys have fearless. more nerve. That's true. Yeah. 2022 nerve is pretty good. And we should mention they come in regiments and hordes, right? 120 points or 200 points. Speed five isn't terrible with the wild charge D3. Plus one wild charge aura. And then they're almost as fast as tyrants and they're shorter. So they're yeah. easier to screen. It's great. You're, you're not wrong. You it's make great. good points. I love them. If if your opponent just allows you to hit the things that you need to hit with them, though, that'd be sick. Usually yeah. it doesn't happen, but I, That's the I, I want. do love them. But then you have to, I, I could see where a greater fire elemental would, <clears throat> would make them much more palatable, but then you yes. have to use a greater fire elemental. Of course. That's the vital detail for this spicy stew. That's Neat. right. Who wants to take us through primes? I mean, this is kind of the the real core of the army. Sometimes, if there's actually salamanders in the list and not, not just anymore. rhinosaurs, scorch wings and tyrants. <laughs> yeah. When they had pathfinder, these were the, these were the guys. Let's talk about that. Why did they lose pathfinder? You would uh, think these are, these are salamanders. They're jungle hunters, man. They're in there. They're mixing it up. I don't know. I think it has something to do with them. Like wanting to mess around with that aura, the pathfinder aura that they, that they gave the army losing pathfinder for only a five point drop from a, yeah. in between editions just didn't seem right to me. They're speed five, they're melee four, they're defense five, they have troop, regiment, horde, they have unit strength one, three, and four respectively, attacks are 10, 12, 25 respectively, and then they have kind of the standard 10, 12, 14, 16, 21, 23 nerve. The troops are 90 points, the regiment's 135, and the horde is 225, and they have crushing one. They can swap one defense for crushing two. They can go to defense four for crushing two for free. And they have, you can get the effigy for five points. They're a pretty good core coming up. We'll see why they don't get used a lot. 
Yeah. What's fascinating to me coming into this, I joined uh, in third edition. So I'm listening to you guys talk about what things used to be. And I'm like, man, that's fascinating because I, I see this through third edition eyes. So I'm like, man, they they would be dope with Pathfinder. <laughs> that sounds like a great rule for them. <laughs> Hard to move a horde with 25 millimeter yeah. bases. Yeah. You were like set of woods without Pathfinder. You're a like, normal tournament and, board. And the caterpillar's gone now. So yeah. that's not even an yeah. option. I appreciate the, the uh, intent to make the playing the game more dynamic by putting Pathfinder on an aura and taking it away and say, Hey, it's cheaper now. But like Dylan said, five two twenty five for that is, is not, it's still not good because 25 mil infantry in horde sizes are just so cumbersome and easy oh, to and take I know advantage it. of. 250 yeah. millimeters. Yeah. You could just spend 40 more points for the guard and make them immune to alphas from, you know, most of what they're going to get alpha from. Yep. Um, yeah. It's disappointing that the flagship unit, that the unit is, that represents the army is not that good. The other thing too, is how similar the primes and the ceremonial guard we're about to talk about are. It just bothers me a lot that the unit identity is like not there. Our buddy Mode Gaddafi from Malaysia asked, Primes are they worth taking with ceremonial guard now? What do you guys think? Just default to the ceremonial guard. Yeah. If yeah. you need Brock, an anvil in the center, then ceremonial guard is going to be a better option than the primes. There was a time where I tried uh, two mm-hmm. or three prime hordes with two hand weapons, in sort of the same way that Cat used the uh, the unblooded, the uh, and it was okay, but just not something that made me want to come back to it. Also, modeling two hand weapons on um, GW Lizardmen did not work. So. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, you want to take us through Salamander Ceremonial Guard? Because I've heard you're kind of a fan. Yeah, I, I think most Salamander players should should be. It's it's the unit that sort of decides how the rest of the list goes. It's it's very hard to deviate from using them because they, they really pose a question that most players are going to have a tough time answering. Most Masters lists last year were very alpha strikey. Lots of cav and lots of flyers, and this prevents that from happening. Pending, you don't let them get a flank. So that's my take on it. I normally run two hordes. Ceremonial Guard, very similar to the Primes. You know, Speed 5, Malay 4, Defense 5. The difference, Troop Regiment and Horde, 10, 12, 14, 16, 21, 23, and 105, 160, 265. Unit Strength 1, 3, and 4. When I look at this, I think of, okay, this is the Pike Horde, right? And my that Pike Horde is, I think, 230 points within Snare. Their Defense 4 these guys are defense five. So in snare for one pip of defense kind of is a little bit of a trade-off. The difference is you're paying 35 more points for crushing strength because everything else is the same. The horde of humans also, they have 2022 20, nerve, don't they? So they're 230 points and they're, you're right. They're 2022. 20, okay. Sell me on what makes this unit so good. Like I said earlier, it really, it forces the opponent to play around them, right? You're forcing him or her to, to make a different decision because he's not going to one-shot that thing in, in most cases. And because he can't, he has to go around you, giving you opportunities to, to take advantage of of uh, him not being able to play the game he wants to play. You just brought up something that I didn't think about. You're, you're 250 millimeters wide, <laughs> right? Whereas yeah. the Kingdoms of Endhorde is only 200 millimeters wide. You know, that's 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 an extra monster. And I was going to say earlier, like 25 mil infantry are really like super duper cumbersome. But in this case, where you can go so wide that it's very difficult for them to get that flank to invalidate the phalanx, it's, it's positive thing here. Sounds like they're popular. I see lots of it, builds with them. It's almost like, like a counter meta sort of because like right now in a lot of areas you know everyone's talking about glade stalkers so it's shooting 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 well people that aren't running shooting they're running the fast stuff so they can get to the shooting you know to shut it down to take it off the board quick before they get shot off the board so you know they're doing more alpha strike 
well, the ceremonial guard, you actually have a play against that alpha strike and you have a counter against that. And then the other areas of the faction that we're going to get into that you support the guard with is what allows them to counter the shooting, so to speak. The army's flexible, and that's really where I think the true uniqueness of you know the faction comes in, in my opinion. You just said something that just rung true with me. I was trying to make the comparison between Defense 5 and Ensnare. Ensnare doesn't work against shooting, <laughs> right? Defense 5 always works. And so you're right. That's what the Kingdom of the Men Pike unit is susceptible to. And so you would be a little bit more resilient to the Glade Stalkers that are so popular. They're not going to use them anymore. They're 10 points more. They're no longer broken. So we, we won't see them anymore. It'll all be greater air elementals now, right? That's all the thing. And this is the unit to stop them, right? <laughs> this it's is a really wide base. It. You couldn't yeah. get around it. That's a good, good point. That's There's a lot of air elemental, you know, graders and formations running around right now. You know, you can run your whole formation into this unit. Run it all in yeah. there. Go ahead. <laughs> Who wants to take us through Ancients? Dash 17, 6 defense and inspiring is, is, is what they are. They're all like you that, need but... to know, right? <laughs> yeah. Defense 6, fearless. Honestly, I'm I'm still only, I'm just, a, I'm like 5149 I'm using them. I use them most of the time. One, because it's actually a little difficult to get inspiring into the, into the lists because of the number of unlocks that uh, you normally have available for, for characters. Uh, so that's nice. And obviously they support uh, the guard uh, with their inspiring and synergize with the Pathfinder AOE from the character. But otherwise, I don't know. I, I have high hopes for using the, the new Phoenix with them with uh, the, the heals for a little bit cheaper. I like them and they make their way into about 75% of my armies. Nothing breaks your opponent's heart. That they finally get your defense six down and you just pull it all back. <laughs> One area that I think these are going to be awesome is in ambush. Because uh, you guys may or not have played ambush yet, but you're limited to the amount of heroes and stuff that you could take. If you want inspiring, that means you're not taking some of the cool stuff. Yeah. These guys are just a unit that has inspiring. So you take these guys and I think they'll be very popular in ambush. But They're fantastic. I mean, you know me, I, I don't, I, I run them every once in a while, but I don't like individuals. I like I like everything to score. I like, mm -hmm. yeah. I like I like scoring options across the board, and these guys help you not to have to take individuals. So you know they can be they can inspire battle line and be an anchor point, or if you just have you know a little bit of points left over and you need an inspiring source, you can throw a troop in your back line that will inspire your battle line the whole game, and then at the end of the game. Pop up unit strength one, defense six that's been untouched because it was in the back row and try to take it off on the last turn, you know. But it, again, it's another flexible unit. I love Ancients. They're heckin' awesome. The amount of times that their defense six has clutched through to a really significant scenario edge uh, has been uh, incredible. They're fearless. They're excellent, like chaff. They're slow as heck, but when they finally get where they're going, Oh my gosh, they will hold that point for you, no problem. I love them. That was the infantry and the heavy infantry. Now we'll get to the, the ranged infantry. And let's start with Corsairs. Heavy infantry, speed five, Malay four. Range four? Defense four. They come in troops and regiments, eight or 10 attacks, 9, 11, 13, 15, and 130 and 170 points. What I like about these guys on paper, now I've never used them, and you guys will tell me whether I'm wrong or, or I'm right, but crushing strength one, and then they have the 18-inch range with piercing one with steady aim. Seems good. You know, and Mode Gaddafi asks us, you know, how best to use Corsairs. So I guess the question to you guys, are you using Corsairs? Where do they fit? I think they're... <laughs> 
I think their best use comes from a comes in a you you have to build around them. It's it's a unit you have to you need to build around. So you do need to take the 120 point character to turn them into unlocking units. I don't think they are great at 170 now. You know, the last year or so, we've had the return of the 24 inch four up shooting. They're really at they're really at a huge detriment when you're building a list around them. There's just so much shooting that's going to hit them before they hit anything. They're 13, 15, so at, at defense four for almost 200 points. That's it. Just doesn't do it for me anymore. Before that update for like a year and a half ago or whatever it was. I was using three regiments of them, and it was you know during that time when flame bearers and heart piercers. You a know, lot of eighteen inch range shooting was popular, right? And it was during that time, and I used three regiments to great effect uh, at several GTs. They used to have scout. I wish they had scout again. Then, or it was Vanguard. Back You're then. just breaking Cat's heart every but, time you tell her <laughs> all the stuff that, that they've lost. Really <laughs> yeah, the glade stalkers in the woods. Pew pew pew. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Or if. Uh, Firebrand used to make Corsairs fearless. Oh, that would be so cool. Yeah. That back where they weren't like wavering after a stiff breeze, that could allow you to kind of facilitate around the 24 inch ranges that are out there. I mean, they make an excellent theme for an army. Well, you don't Uh, like the pirates, so you're against it. You already told us that. (laughs) (laughs) We should probably touch on Firebrand because you mentioned it. So Firebrand's a hero heavy infantry, speed five, melee three, range four, defense five, and it's you know obviously it's an individual, so not going to be in Dylan's list because it doesn't score. She's got five attacks with a dash 15, 120 points. I think the special rules, she's got the aura, with the, which gives the elite melee for Corsairs only, crushing strength two, duelist, individual, and inspiring, and she's got a 12-inch uh, shooting attack with piercing one. But I think the, one of the other things that's interesting is it's got crew of the Ember Dance, and in any army that contains Firebrand, Corsairs are no longer irregular. If you're going to go heavy into Corsairs, I think you got to take this character. Yeah. Aside from everything that Dylan said, the part of your army that you can commit to supplementary shooting, you know, something that moves five and shoots 18 is not going to have a, a huge area of effect on the, on the battlefield, right? Uh, so the Lakildons and the Scorch Wings that you invariably already have do what they do if you're just throwing them in the list to have something that shoot eight, shoots 18. Rare piercing shooting in our faction. <laughs> I mean, you're not you're not wrong, but the 18-inch range is crippling. Yeah. The 12-inch, the old breath weapons, right? Like, you, you got the number on them, but point you guys are pointing out, there's so much 24-inch range stuff now. I and can see where 13, 15 is pretty low. Yeah. yeah, and like, there's 100% still counterplay in a Corsair list against 24-inch range. It's just not optimal. If they had Pathfinder, though, I think that would help. Five inch move is 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 it's slow. It's pretty crippling. I guess a list like uh, Grant Grant Fetter's um, the, the flying Basilean. Yes, like he can sit at twenty inches and decide when he's going to alpha strike half of your list off the table, and there's nothing he can do about it. That's when ceremonial guard come in. That is right? where they come in. You yeah. know, you were talking about they're all, always on ships. I think it'd be cool if they had like uh, you know how Abyssal Dwarf Decimators have like the mobile. Mm-hmm rocket launcher yeah yeah it'd be cool if they had a mobile ship cannon like they carried it off the ship and like one turn you had a you know a war engine shot you know i think that would be flavorful Ooh. i wish the, the mantic scopes which are re- relatively recent were a teeny bit better 
for them or I they're like resin add-ons right for the regular salamanders yeah they have their own boxes now too but they do have the add-ons and um half of them are missing an eye so they have an eye patch so i feel like maybe they're like ritualistically poking their eyes out at this point <laughs> um, maybe that's why they can't hit anything beyond 18 inches that would make sense yeah that limits their range they can't quite make out the distance so good um and so many of them all of them are wearing captain's hats it's like, which one's the captain? It's Firebrand. She doesn't even have that much of a cooler hat. Like, I just, I wish there was a teeny bit more variety. It's fine that the the women lizardmen don't look different from the men lizardmen. That's fine. But it's just the lack of the, the variety in the sculpt, I think, that holds them back. Otherwise, I, I think I would, in general, I any, of the, list. any of the hybrid kits, that's always a problem, right? Because they're just yeah. adding on. I mean, Siege Breakers is the same thing, right? Like, we got just the regular sculpt and then the regular bodies, and you got these three sets of big shields and stuff and it's like it, it is limiting it's, so it, it, it'd be nice incredible. if they could yeah we've had mantic on a few times and there's been some discussion of they are looking at stls this would be a good example of where hey make me some stl files that make the add-on bits you could easily do a dozen different pieces right to really yeah. make the variety well, let uh, me still- throw money at you mantic i want to yeah. give you guys my money that sounds great so hunters, does anybody play the hunters? They're speed seven, which rules, and they have a little uh blowpipe, pew, 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 and they also have a little bow, and they both are terrible in the form of range weapons, but they have stealthy, and I believe that they're not irregular. Um, so they unlock. So they That's are mm-hmm. they're like a strange fill-in for Amber Sprite situationally. They're their closest relative as far as their function in the list. I don't know. I've been experimenting with them. I've been loving the stealthy rule more and more if not for all the gosh forsaken elves that I have to fight all the time. So they're wonderful token holders. They're super fast. They do a little bit of chip damage on the way in. What's not to love? Pathfinder stealthy is a great combination. Speed seven. You can get late game, get them to where they need to be. And then the 18 inch range, steady aim with vicious ranged. That's not bad. I mean, if you're going to stand back and hold a token, at least let me shoot you, right? I have something I can do while I'm sitting there holding a token. It's great. One of my principles when it comes to list building is try not to have any of your lists not doing something every turn. And Gekatoa Hunters can still contribute even if they're lugging tokens around, which I adore. It's a great little component of the list. Do you guys make the upgrade five points for a troop, ten points for the uh, for the regiment to get the bows at 24 inches? I always compared these to before, like I said, before that four up, you know, range shooting update. I compared these guys to Elf Kindred Archers, because they had the same offensive stat line. If you were doing, you know, bows versus bows, you were paying 15 more points for Pathfinder and Stealthy, because Vicious and Elite is a wash. They have Pathfinder and Stealthy, but they also have two less nerve than a regiment of elves. You know, that to me is a wash on Stealthy. Ooh, but we can get Rally 1 with the with the Slasher. Ooh, <laughs> they were all up there. Um, that just, makes all the difference. Yes. Does. Obviously. I just couldn't... Um, I just could never find the points for them. But I also never gave them a chance. So I'm not going to say too much bad about them. I've just never, they've just never called my name, if that makes sense. Well, and bro, how, how is she going to use those sweet, sweet GW chameleon skinks? I mean, come on, man. They're nice no. looking models. I like them, man. They're, they're they are, classic. They are, they are cool. They are cool. They are cool. I guess it's time to talk about cavalry. You know, to get us going, uh, Thorben asks us a question. Please talk Kaiser Lancers and Fire Drakes. And we're going to talk about the Lancers right now. They seem like solid and interesting troops to me, but I never see them. Is the internal competition holding them back? 
do they need something? It's been a while since I used them. Other stuff in the list does it better. They're not going to get Pathfinder now. The one thing that's in their advantage is that they are crushing strength one, thunder one, as opposed to thunder two that a lot of the other knights have. That's a big deal. Those units that have that crushing strength one gives them a little more resiliency in that round two. But, you know, the Lancers are speed eight, Malay four. Malay four seems to be one of the themes of the army. And then defense five, (laughs) troop regiment, 10, 20 attacks, 11, 13, 14, 16 nerve, 125 and 190. I guess the, like I said, the, the roles filled elsewhere. And, and in this case, you know, you can pay 10 more points and get a uh, horde of scorch wings that'll likely get a flank or at least threaten the ability to get a flank. Whereas the Lancers are just going to look at you from across the table thinking or saying like, I can hit. Okay. You know, and that's all they do. Scorch wings have six less attacks, but they melee on three and not four. And they have shooting on four. So not only are you peppering units on your way in, you're hitting just as hard, really, once you include the, you know, the three up in melee. Yeah, the plus one to hit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, the Kajinor Lancers are just lacking, like, some kind of extra spice. Like, they just need something to push them over the edge because they really don't outcompete all of their cousins and all of their various roles. I will say they pay the regiment price on offensive items, right? So for 225, you could have a 20 attack cavalry regiment that's hitting on threes, but it'd be a backline unit because it's 14, 16 and you don't really want cavalry on the back. You want it to protect threat. So I, I don't know. It, it's in a weird spot. It's in a weird spot. And I've never, I've never been able to really justify it. Give them strider, pump up their price by like 10 points, ship it and done. I'm all for units getting strider. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If they had something to mitigate a hinder charge, I think that would be yeah. big. Whether it's Strider or even Pathfinder. For um, sure. And it doesn't even have to be all the time. Maybe that's what they need to get rid of is that stupid effigy of fire needs to be something with like you get Pathfinder for a turn, body flames in anticipation of the battle, and you just <laughs> run through the woods and run right into combat. You know, I don't know. Flaming. There's got to be a better. <laughs> that's the yeah, man. Just like fire, just full of passion. So much yeah. that you're on fire. Dylan, every time I've played you, you've had Ember Sprites, and you've had lots of Ember Sprites, so why don't you talk us through Ember Sprites, which is a swarm unit. This is the chaff right here. Speed 6, melee 5, who cares? Range 4, their defense 3, regiment horde, unit strength 1, unit strength 1, 7 and 14 attacks, 11 and 14 nerve, they're fearless. 80 points for the regiment, 135 for the horde. We're going to just ignore the horde option. We're going to pretend it's not there. The regiment is excellent, and this is why they have scout and vicious. They also have shambling, but who cares? They have flame, belch, 12 inch. They have a 12-inch breath attack with steady aim. These guys will hurt. If your opponent ignores these, they will put the hurt on lots of things. If you run your entire chaff package is ember sprites, Three, four, five. I've ran lists with six of them. Scout up. You get that first turn, you're blasting stuff off the board. The seven attacks on fours with Vicious adds up quick. And if they don't ignore them, then they're shooting your fearless. They're like doing stuff to answer your fearless chaff while your your battle line and your back line and your fast flank are getting into position. So it's they are so flexible. They're so good. They're one of the best chaff pieces in the game for sure they do everything you want out of chaff they're they're fearless they are maneuverable because they have scout they are above speed five so they can they can outrange typical the typical speed five 
battle line. They are a swarm. They're wider than a typical, like, you know, infantry troop. They're vicious. They shoot. Shooting chaff is best chaff. They're made I of mean, fire. They're small. They're made of fire. They just, <laughs> they do it all. They do it all. They, the only thing they don't have that you like with chaff is, you know, flying chaff is also really good. These guys, man, they're good. Uh, I don't know, Kat, do you ever use these? Amber sprites get my star of approval. If I could fit all these models into my army, I would. Amber sprites keep flitting in and out of my list as I remember how great they are and then forget when they get shot. If your opponent skips their range phase, it being a one-list game, Ember sprites rule the table. It's frightening the psychological damage that they do. If it does have a range phase, then they have to hide in the woods and that's less fun. <laughs> less fun is a good way to put it. I've always for for me, like they're they're not auto includes. Um, you have to have the army to back them up because with chaff that's easily removed like them for their points, which for for like, you know, I sort of compare chaff to orklings, you know, 65 points for effectively this the same amount of effort to kill. You have a limited amount of time to make use of the chaff on the table before the enemy gets rid of them. And if he can if you can't get the grips with the other guy, then your chaff is gone to to no no effect. Uh, and so I don't use them because I'd normally rely on, a, you know, half of my army being slow heavy infantry. That this can take a while to get there. It's time to get to the most important unit in the list, right? Which is tyrants, because that's all I hear about. Tyrants, tyrants, tyrants. I mean, they're amazing. I mean, can't I know you use them a lot. Yeah. Yes, I do. They're wonderful, yeah. and I don't care about putting all my eggs in a basket. Here, tyrants. Here's here's a super awesome sharpness brew. And here, tyrants. You can have the Jesse's boots. You guys go at Godspeed. The game, my uh, I brought my little brother into the GT, the pilgrimage, to spectate to see if he would be interested in this game. And he watched in horror every game when my tyrants got to hit something. Oh man, they would just Pac Man through an entire enemy army. Then I fight somebody who's like really good at the game and they manage to kill the tyrants before that happens. And my brother turns to me and he's like, I notice when your tyrants get into combat, you tend to win more often. I'm like, thanks, Warren. <laughs> I don't play this game, but I appreciate it. Hey, we need to get him on the show. That's a top. Yeah, man. Yeah. yeah, he's he's got it all figured out. But yeah, no, tyrants, they're outstanding. They're so fast. They're fearless. They're really easy to shoot off the table. Don't tell our opponents that. But they hit so hard. It's great. You take them I mean, every time. Take in some ways, they're very similar to the Berserker uh, Braves, right? I mean, they're speed six, melee four, defense four, come in a regiment and a horde, 15, 30 attacks, two and three unit strength, dash, fearless 14 and fearless 17. 145 and 240 but you know speed six with wild charge d3 and crushing strength two that's the distinct that's the distinguishing thing between these guys and the and then the braves braves are only crushing strength one when you put a brutal sharpness on it now you're hitting 20 out of 30 times right and you're just you know and with crushing two you're you're doing like 15 wounds in some cases or maybe even more depends on what you're hitting so you're you're smacking them around pretty 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 solidly when tyrants get done bonking something to death and my opponent looks down and shakes his head he's like i didn't think you would do that much I'm like, yeah you sure didn't <laughs> welcome to tyrant town population I mean, they hit like siege breakers and they and they have the the fearlessness of the brave so this is one of our several Halo units, as I think, was it Jeremy that monikered that phrase, the Halo unit? This is a unit that you you look at the list and you immediately want to at least try this unit. I also put items on mine typically. You know, when, you know, when we had Pathfinder still, I'd have one with Pathfinder 
and then one with sharpness as like the rich man's pathfinder so that I could always play around with the terrain because they're defense four. These guys are, they're your dedicated like backline unit. Even if you're building, you know, the, my, you know, Corsair, Corsair heavy list was three regiments of those guys and three hordes of these guys. You still have to have a front line. So my entire front line was, it was the six Ember Sprite regiments. So they could scout up and that way shots were, you know, with cover, you need them to take cover shots or no shots at all. And when they touch stuff, it just goes away. So they, they are four up. So you live or die on the four. I have charged stuff and, and like, Fluffed. Yeah, not fours so, bounce. You bounce four ups bounce. just yeah. fluff sometimes. Yeah. You got the quantity of dice, which helps you with the fours, right? Like right. when you have a giant, you know, and you may have like 15 attacks hitting on fours. Yeah. And I will it's say easier to fluff it. Yeah. yeah. This is a unit where I agree with Brian on the effigy is good on the effigy of fire. Any combat they're involved in, you know, if it's not like the last couple turns of the game, any combat they're involved in is probably a pivotal combat. They need those couple extra wounds to make sure they're you want them as close to snake eyes as possible. And we, we mentioned it before the FG fire isn't really vicious. I mean, it is you just missed you did you didn't wound them. So if you're if you're dealing up against defense six and you're wounding them on fours, now you get to re-roll those ones, twos, and threes, you know, up to D three of them. So yeah, I think I think these guys would be the perfect example of where, where you would apply it. Yeah. If you have the five points. Got off the table on the approach. Yeah, yeah. Shooting is well, a thing. Felix said that uh hey Tyrants, what are the cast thoughts on them? We're obviously doing that. And he's I rather like them, but I see folks just think they're too squishy. That's a theme, right? Like, how do you get them into combat? What do you guys use to deliver them? Rhinosaur regiments. Ooh, I like that because they're also fearless. Yes. And they completely block the height three because they're height four, right? See, yeah. now Cat's yeah. telling me how to use rhinosaurs. Now I'm ready to go because I love yeah, the bottles. I've, I've experimented yeah. with uh, Gekatoa Hunters, Gekatoa Warriors, experimented with Ancients, with Ember Sprites. Rhinosaur Cavalry Regiments are the way to do it. They're fearless, which is critical for Chaff. And they can careen out of the way so that the tyrants can go Pac-Man something in front of them. It's wonderful. It's great. 10 out of 10. I usually do, depending on the list, you know, I'll let them maybe absorb a round of, you know, cover shots. And then I'll jump some Scorchwing regiments out front to counter fire while completely blocking line of sight to the tyrants. Because they're also um, like four. Right. And then the Scorchwings can charge off. And by then you're on turn three. If the tyrants are not in charge range on turn three, uh, you've done something. You're doing it wrong. So, so unless, you know, unless your opponent gets hot dice, you know, you know, can pretty easily deliver them. Again, that goes back to the flexibility of the faction. You have lots of tools to deliver them. And I also just use them as, like like I said, just dedicated backline. I'll let my opponent spend, you know, half the game chewing through Ceremonial Guard, and then I have two fresh hordes of tyrants charging in after the Ceremonial Guard leave the table. kind of depends on your list and all that. Yeah, the obviously delivery is always the the issue, and I, I don't think I play as aggressively as as Cat or Dylan, so I, I will just let them sit in the back. Don't give them dedicated chaff. I normally will put just a kill down somewhere in front of them to, to to maybe chaff something if it comes up. I also try and maneuver because I like scorching hordes. I know Dylan likes prefers regiments. I'll use two hordes and we'll always attempt to maneuver, put them in a position where the horde is threatening enough that the tyrant is the lesser threat. Uh, until I can maneuver the tyrants in a position where uh, uh, you know I've, I've taken advantage of 
the opponent's reaction to the scorch wings and the the guard. My preferred chaff and delivery is making him do things he doesn't want to do until I get them there. What's the right amount? Is it two hordes? Is it three hordes? Do you guys ever take regiments? How else do you guys run these? I would take regiments in a like tyrant's list. Three hordes, six regiments. Go crazy. I was going to say about nine regiments is where you would want to start if you're doing any regiments. <laughs> but two but hordes yeah, is two, perfect for me. Yeah, I, I run two hordes typically. Ooh, more. Mm. You know, there's this gentleman named Mike Austin on the internet. I don't know if you guys have heard of Mike. Great player. He's a proponent of fire elementals over tyrants. They're great in other armies that have uh, easier access to to Bane chant. But I, I do plan on starting to experiment with it because of the whole triple greater air elemental threat that's that's come around. I think one of the few answers is anything that shambles. I don't not necessarily an answer, but something the opponent's got to think about when he tries to put that air elemental behind you. And that might warrant. I'm going to try swapping my tyrant hordes for fire elementals. And then uh, squeeze in a mage priest in there with, with Bane Chant. I don't know if it'll work or not. We'll see. Our one caster is just so expensive. A good counter to Surge is more Surge, right? <laughs> yeah. Most big red book, any factions with easy Pathfinder access and easy Strider access are going to be advantaged. And yeah. so Fire Elementals are definitely more intriguing, but they suffer from the I'm not Tyrant's weakness. Yeah. Which is a problem. You know, that's where I'm sort of banking on the Mage Priest also bringing the uh, the Bane Chant to the table. But yeah, 18 attacks on fours just doesn't fill the void of 30 attacks on fours that are crushed too. Counting Vicious, I guess they do comparable amount of wounds. Or um, Pathfinder, right, if they're hindered charges. Sure, you know? yeah, because yeah. it's 15 hits versus non-hits, both at crushing two. But I don't know. I mean, if he locks them... More power to him, but and also for me, a lot of it is I don't want to use elementals in my lizard army. I want you want dinosaurs. I want dinosaurs. Yeah. Yeah. So I think there's merit in the argument that your hammer, even though it's not as good as a hammer as the other ones available, requires you know twenty percent more effort to remove, like compared to the tyrants. I I I think there's merit in that that line of thinking. And they're cheaper, right? So the the defense five and they're twenty points cheaper. Yeah. Yeah, you know, like you, you do the math, it takes 50% more effort to kill the fire elementals that are cheaper than it does to kill the tyrants. But the, what that trade-off means is that somewhere else in your list, you have to make up for that lack of offensive power that you lost with the tyrants. It, well, but, I think, too, the tyrants are faster, right? Because the right. tyrants are speed six with wild yeah. charge three. These guys are shambling speed six, so they're moving up six out of clip. You know, they have surge. They have the ability to get a flank. There's, there's some other options there, but... I was going to touch on the speed, like... With the fire elementals, they have they're shambling, they're slow, and the tyrants are defense four. So both of these units require some form of screening. You know, if you were comparing the two units, the tyrants get the first charge, they do wounds, they receive the counter charge out of non hits, you're not going to break them in one unit, and then the tyrants counter charge. And your elementals are gone. So if you're comparing the two units, the tyrants are superior in that regard. If you're comparing them in like the out of the vacuum and in the grand scheme of the game, the speed is just better. The speed is just better because you got to screen them either way. So you're already counterplaying against shooting. And honestly, if the shooting is hot enough to one shot, you know, dash 17 defense four, it's probably still going to be just as effective against 
the defense five because dash that like you know as an ogre player 17 nerve is like it's no baby bag of chips. yeah it, it, so, you pop like, it your if the defense five is the argument it doesn't really hold water in my opinion so the speed is the speed is the key factor well, I think the speed means you have to build around them because you know if we're using rhinosaurs to do our tyrants, I don't want I don't know I want to use rhinosaurs to protect fire elementals because you're gonna have to slow those guys down so the fire elementals can stay up right and keep yeah. up with them. It's preference. Maybe it's worth talking about. I mean, what's our access to surge? We got lots of surge available. Is it cheap? Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, that's why I think that's why you said if I want to play elementals, yeah, I'll, I'll play force of nature. Right? They have a guy that does two casts in a turn. I think. Yep. So if you were, yeah, like comparing to him for uh, 90 points, you get Surge 8. And for us, we also have access to a 90-point Surge 8 if we swap the spell out like that other caster, the Gladewalker Druid. But if you were comparing the two casters kitted out for this, for a similar price, you know, we can have our, our, our Fireball 10 and our, our Surge 8 for 120 or 125, whatever it is. But for 115, you can get Surge 8 with Ring of Harmony. Like, it's just, the Mage Priest is not good value. Not good value. Theirs is just way better, let's be honest. It, yeah. And that's not a good habit to have. Is I know I've compared units to other units and other facts. The, the roles, the roles are different, right? Like, they, they right. that's, the, their army's built around that. And it's the yeah. Cursed High Priest from EOD. It's just, it's just expensive. I mean, it's just expensive. That's all. I mean, that's all I can say. <laughs> I will say, I think Kat said it earlier. We will see more fire elementals now that Pathfinder is is gone as an item. Intrinsically, those are now worth more. And if you're going back to the caster, they're really not cheaper than tyrants, unless you're taking them without a surge. <laughs> well, tax. yeah, because if you want if you want them to have the surge, you got to pay for the surge tax. I'm going to say this. I think this army has the best large cavalry in the game, considering that there's two really solid options. Brian, do you want to take us through the score swings? 120 points and 200 points to the Regiment and Horde. Four defense, thir- 11, 13, and 14, 16, I, I think is is all fine considering what you can do with them. I, I think they fill a lot of holes in the list. One of the issues with the Salamanders on the whole is, uh, aside from the Tyrants, is there's not a lot of potential for what you, you can do with units in the army, right? Like, you can't take a canny, uh, a savvy player, give them any random assortment of units and expect them to, to do amazing. You take anything that can potentially get a flank and has nimble, can kill a unit, and it automatically becomes, you know, potentially very, very good. I, I think the shooting plays into the what I think is the, the ceremonial guard-centric theme of what most lists are going to be because while they're deciding how to deal with your phalanx you can poke pick them off and then maneuver for flanks they they just fill so many holes it's kind of uh, disappointing that the uh you have to i think take them in some form i miss the sky raiders yeah i definitely would have liked them to have kept the the theme of geckos riding pteranodons or whatever yeah yeah, they were cool. They did a cool concept, but I mean, I guess they're they're leaning into that flame bound, that flaming, yeah, elemental theme. Which okay, Scorchings look cool. The, yeah, the models are awesome. Yeah. I put a bunch of them together. I don't know if you guys ever had the luxury of putting themes, uh, fiends together. I want to take those models and throw them against the wall. It's it, it, one of the most garbage experiences I've ever had. But the scorch wings, all the sprues are marked one, two, and three, or maybe it's A, B, and C, and it's like okay, click, 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 and very little cleanup, just to go together like butter. So. Uh, and you know, since, she, and so I, since I've been told, I need like six regiments and two hordes. You know, it's good that they go together quickly. 
Yeah, for sure. No, I actually do like, and I actually do prefer the horde now with that last last year's update. The defense four with the extra two attacks. Like that was my only complaint with them. Because they were they were a twelve attacks before, right? Yeah, they were yeah. twelve attacks yeah. at two hundred points. Just yeah, as long as you're getting a combo, yeah, they don't have to solely charge. Like, you guys taking items on this? Not me. I used two hordes prior to the update. Did uh, it went four and one on both both tournaments, and you know they they filled the hole in the list so well that I was okay with taking the old crappy form. Uh, but now, yeah, even better. And I, I like to take fire oil because there's always, uh, you know, weird regen missile units and then a few of few Trident units, which I think Trident Realm was more popular, uh, you know, a year, two years ago than it is now. That Pierce 1 or, um, you know, Crush 2 on the charge was just brutal against for five points. And I also been experimenting with the, the Thunderous item. Helm of the Drunken Ram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 28 attacks and a flank on Thunderous 2 on threes is... Potentially very, very, very good. We'll we'll see. I haven't actually used them. I've just thought about it a whole lot. So. Not that this is particularly right. clever, but I'm fond of the elite item on them. Elite item is great. It's also the vicious item is great because of the fact that it works in both shooting and melee, right? So you're getting utility out of that. It's the same reason why you take it on boomers and other things, right? They're going to shoot for half the turns, and they're probably going to get into combat at some point. So you've got a lot of flexibility there. 200 points and just Bob's your uncle. Uh, who wants to take us to Rhinosaur Calf? So it's like cats used in the most between us. Yeah. True. I got one right here, and I'm painting. <laughs> it's amazing, right? I, I, I love the models. I am a big, huge fan. Yeah, so rhinosaurs are the heroes that you didn't think that you needed in your salamander list. Applying an automatic wound in the form of Brutal, it will always be a fantastic thing to have in your list, even if it's just a little dude. A whole bunch of these bros, they are hitty, they slam into stuff with a ton of bricks behind them. It's two thunders and one crushing. They're speed seven. They're kicking butt. Uh, they hit on threes, which rules. Oh, I love hitting on threes. They're defense five and they're dash 15 for a regiment, with a, which is stellar for the, my purpose that I like to use them. Stolen blatantly off of Justin as screening for my tyrants. And they're dash 18 in the horde form, which I also love taking before with the Jesse's boots. Now that the tyrants have taken them, I don't know what what they even do about terrain. But they got Thunderous 2, so they can, they can afford to lose one. And uh, they come in 150 points for that regiment and 250 for the Horde. Pretty expensive, but they do their points worth of work every game. I would love it if it was reverse, if it was crushing to Thunder 1. In my mind, when you look at these models and you read the description of the unit, you're on these giant lizards, dinosaurs. I would have loved to see them crushing to Thunder 1. I don't know. They probably would have had to make the points more, and, and maybe that's why. But V7... Respectable. They only, they only get crushed two Thunder One when they go off on their solo album. Okay. That's right. That's right. And <laughs> you know, and a top tip, right? You buy four boxes, right? So that ends up with twelve models. You make two hordes with five models each. And what does that leave you? It leaves you two extra models for what we will talk about soon, which is <laughs> the battle captains are rhinosaurs, right? They're, yeah. they're amazing. Cats using them as regiments to screen. Well, Dylan, you don't even run these guys. I just they're. Do you even play salamanders? I mean, what's up, man? <laughs> they're, they're not. They're not good, man. They're not they're good. good. Oh, you're nuts. They're good in the regiment for sure as a screen. They're good, in my opinion. They suffer from I'm not tyrants, you know, syndrome. I mean, they are brutal. But they just do less in the ground. Let's do the math for a second, though, right? 30, 30 tyrant attacks, hit on fours, gonna be 15 hits, right? These guys, 18 attacks on three is gonna be 12. So it's only three less hits. The difference, though, is their thunder 
two crushing one and the tyrants are crushed two. Yeah. So they'll they'll do some more wounds. So that's what in most cases that's like nine or ten wounds, probably. Depends on what you're hitting. If you're hitting defense six. Yeah. I guess what I'm saying is I Yes, they may have statistics that are close to each other. I think there's a role for the Rhinosaur Cavalry. Height four is a big deal. I will agree that, you know, height four, that's the magic number. You know, heels are, you know, heels are height three. You put the, the, the Rhinosaurs behind the Ember Sprites, behind a hill, they can't charge the Rhinosaurs. Uh, so I, I did use the uh, the Nimble item on a horde for quite a while. And what does it cost? It costs 35 now? It used to be 40? It was 40, yeah. Ooh, I'm liking that. Yeah, I mean, I, I so I think that could help mitigate, uh, you know, the likelihood of getting um, getting hindered and getting it where you want to to get it. Uh, but the, the problem was always um, they're they're a big big chunky unit that's easy to to abuse and take advantage of. And uh, at the time when when you know I used Allied Beast Packs as chaff, I could get you know charge twenty and charge those fourteen right behind them. And yeah, the Ember Sprites are good good chaff, but at the end of the day, they still only go twelve. Um, so I, I don't think the rest of the army supports the use of, of Rhino Cav, I think. Well, it's interesting. You, you bring up a distinction, too, that these are 150 wide versus 120 for the tyrants, right? So theoretically, they are harder to get into the right spot where you can avoid being hindered. Now that I know the, the nimble item is cheaper, I might give it a shot to see how it goes. Yeah. If they carried that formation over from second, oh. would that would change the yeah. game for the, with the rhinosaur hordes. Well, let's take a quick commercial break. And on the other side, we'll get into some monsters. My favorite. Hey, this is Ash Barker from GMG. And you are listening to Countercharge. Welcome back to Countercharge. Let's get into monsters. Dylan, you want to take us through the greater fire elemental? They're pretty good. They're a monster. They're height five, speed six, melee three, defense five, unit strength one, eight attacks, dash 18, for 175 points. They have Crushing 3, Pathfinder, Shambling, Vicious Melee, Fireball 8. And they have an option for 10 points to give Aura Wild Charge plus 1 for Salamanders. The plus sign is important there. Wild Charge plus 1, so it stacks yep. with other things like the yeah. Unblooded that we talked about. Yes, it's great. Yeah, And for 10 points, that seems like a steal. It is. Yeah, if you're taking it. If you're taking it so already. many things. Yeah. You can just put a cute little fire elemental with the aura in your list, just hanging out with no surge friend. It's fine. He kicks a lot of butt. Um, and melee, he's a tiny footprint, so he's easy to hide. Um, and um, when you do bring a surge wizard, he gets the fireball something and then gets surged. And sometimes it's like the most beautiful thing ever. And the hits just so gosh darn hard with crush three, uh, hitting on threes and vicious. Oh my God. I just wish just it was straight vicious. Getting an extra wound out of its shattering fireball and then going into combat, maybe into another unit. I, I don't know. It'd be nice if the creature made of fire was good at fireballing. That that would be neat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or if all salamanders could be healed by a fireball. Oh, you could cast them. Spicy. That'd be pretty awesome. Uh, are you guys running these very much? I, I have don't. one to three in every single one of my lists. I will probably give it a shot. I, I want to like it. It looks it looks multi-role. I, I think if I run the two Fire Elemental Hordes as opposed to Tyrants, I'll probably run a GFE as well. I, I do like the Wild Charge. I, I do think that, you know, if you're not taking uh, Surge, you're kind of giving up on, not giving up, but you're, you're limiting the options you got. I don't know. I haven't actually run one yet, so maybe I'm wrong. Uh, and then the last issue I have is it's a it's fighting for monster slots, which 
you can't beat the Kiladons and obviously the new cool thing is going to be the Phoenix. I do want to know, Kat, did, did you ever get any like spicy 14 inch charges out of your wild charging unblooded with the, of course, thing? dude, yeah. it's, it's outstanding. I roll my little D three dice and I see that three and I'm just like, Oh, here it comes. And then they just go zoom in. Right. It's almost never tactically correct to <laughs> launch something so massive across the table so far from the entire rest of your army. But it's so much fun. Let me tell you, my God, some of those careening horde charges and your opponent's just like, isn't it speed five? Why did it go so far? And it's just like, yeah. It's the unpredictability, though, right? It keeps your opponent yeah. guessing. They're like, yes. okay, it's a gambler's move, right? Like, yes. oh, I don't know. You know as well as I do what it's going to do. It, it Very threat range projection is a problem that your list can ask of your opponent, wherein if you have too many wild charges that are variable or if you have just too many staggered different lengths of, of threats, your opponent has to make a decision with their battle line. Um, okay, I think I could take a, a, one horde of unblooded and maybe like a like a little troop of ancients, but I definitely can't do it if that scorching also gets me in the flank. So let me just shimmy this way, and it just it adds so much clock tax. It adds a lot of stress to your opponent when they're looking down at the table, and it's like, okay, her line threatens uh, thirteen to fifteen here, fourteen to sixteen here, uh, seventeen here. Oh God, <laughs> you just can't visualize anything as well. Yeah, it's the flexibility of the list overall. The variation in heights that we have access to, the variation in speeds, it's just, it all like coalesces into one beautiful, flexible list. It's great. Uh, Matt Crozier just wants to start our thoughts on Lycanon. I like how every single person I play says the name differently, and they always stutter a couple of times. Just like the Basilean controversy, what is your guys' pronunciation? Is it Lachilodons? How are you guys pronouncing it? I like that, but <laughs> but I like Lycidons too. <laughs> <laughs> they're called lekalodons in my meta but i also like to call them like 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 dons and then my will giggle. yeah, yeah i'll um, say i've always said like kelly like kelly don yeah but yeah so what 85 points for 11 13 for defense is the you know the first thing to stick out i think those stats are uh like that's a good price point for how hard it is to kill and the other thing that matters is five attacks at 18 inch range with pierce one and steady aim so for for me, these are like the the penultimate pseudo chaff in the army. They do lots of different things. Uh, they can sit next to your phalanx guys and shoot until they decide to charge. I will always take two, sometimes three. Uh, I was trying to solve this mystery since you mentioned them with such enthusiasm earlier in the podcast. I was like, why does he like them so much? And I was like, <laughs> ah, his Lechelodons do wounds to things. Ah, oh, there yes. it is. Yeah, that you got to sucker your opponent into sitting still. It's not oh. hard. To, not easy to do. It doesn't always work. They don't always play play the game with me. So they've disappointed Excellent. me for the last time, but I'm going to keep re-adding them back into my list after taking breaks from them for failing me too many times. No, they're they're an incredible little mini war engine. That's not a war engine that can score because it's got unit strength and shoots competently and is adorable. They're great. And the models kick ass too, which doesn't hurt. I do like those. I use Mirs miniatures. Uh, I don't know what they are, but they're, they look like uh, horned lizards. And so they're pretty cool. But I prefer to keep them um, sort of in, in a position where chaff would be, though that's not their primary role. You know, it's really, they can get up in someone's face and chaff if I need to, but it sort of follows the theme of the rest of the list that advances slowly. And they're in a position to disrupt the alpha that the opponent's going to try and make while I maneuver all my other slow crap in, into position. So they, they normally die a glorious death as chaff. 
but that's it's not their primary role. For I can agree. I, I use them a lot for like flight denial and uh, chaff and stuff. Counter chaff, really. That's their main role is counter chaff. Uh, they they want to shoot at those defense three eight ten guys. Well, next, this is the rage on the internet right now. Commodons. So they're a monster, speed five, belay five, range five, D four. Again, a scoring war machine, right? Three attacks, 11, 13, 115. But the, the really cool stuff is they got blasty three in Malay, crushing strength one, ignores obscured, and we'll talk about that in a minute. Vicious. And then in shooting, they have Bile Spew, 36 inch range, blasty three, piercing one. So obviously, ignored is obscured. So in the new rules, you know, there's concealed and there's obscured. Uh, obscured is intervening stuff like units or pieces of terrain. And if you're going to ignore something, that's what you want. You don't want concealed. There's lots of more opportunity to be obscured than to be concealed. Who's using these? I just don't have a model for them, but I know they're good. And I've always felt like they were very underrated. I've tested them with the new changes. I, I never used them before. And I did run a couple games with two of them as just as like they're in a weird spot. So they're in a weird spot where they, because of their stat line and their special rules, they function like a war machine. They range five without steady aim. So you want to sit them somewhere and not move them. So, but they're taking a monster slot. They function like a war engine, and but they take a monster slot. They do damage. They damage stuff. I mean, they're they're vicious. Blasty three, piercing one. You know, they're they're decent. But at one fifteen, they just. I mean, I know they're priced that way and they're designed that way because they have unit strength. But I would almost prefer them to have like a like a cool keyword that allows them to maybe drop their unit strength for the war engine unit type. Like you know how you swap defense for crushing. Like if they if they could swap unit strength for the war engine unit type, like or something like that, to where you could be more flexible with your unlocks. But where they're at now, I just don't think there's room in the army for that type of unit. Just the drop it and forget it you know zone control you know they're good for that sitting on the back and on an objective and shooting throughout the game but you really need those points to support in this action in my opinion well and the fact that we don't they don't have oranges in the list right you know you have a traditional horde that gives gives you one of each right you are competing for you know fire drakes and phoenixes a lot of stuff that's looking to use that same slot that this guy is using. Maybe one of the issues is that this this army has a has a great selection of those units, yeah. but there's only so many slots to go around. That's it. I mean, that's really all there is to it. And what it does is not like, okay, it planks for one or two, maybe. I think the negative of having something sitting in your back line while the rest of your line is going forward is that you give the, op- the enemy's flyers an opportunity to charge it and then kill it, and then get a free rotation back towards your front line. Whereas if they're trying to get behind you, they'd have to spend an extra turn you know, pivoting around. I, I think it would be maybe neat and thematic if they uh, they added something to its bile spew that like Grant gave it negative one move, like the frost breath or whatever. Or spell ward. That'd be amazing. <laughs> it that gives the a- unit spell ward? There's the new elf bolt thrower, right? If you hit a unit, they have spell ward now. I'm going to shoot the greater elemental and make it harder for you to surge them in. Well, yeah, so, yeah, maybe maybe that would be yeah, that would be cool and thematic if it granted some penalty. You know, you, you mentioned uh, you know, frozen if they're minus one speed. I mean, that's not a bad thing either. You know, just something that's a little bit more than just hey, I'm 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 sort of giving you the same damage as 
a war engine, but I'm not really because I'm also only piercing one. So yeah, there's limits on what you can do with this thing. I mean, I guess what's interesting is this: this is sort of a war engine that can fight in combat, right? Fight. I mean, he hits on fives, <laughs> but he does have the D three right with vicious and crushing strength one. So I don't know. Mathematically, I don't know what to think about this, but I know there's a lot of people playing it, and I think at the end of next year we'll probably know if if it really is a problem but i don't know i don't see it spam too much who's to say i'm probably not smart enough to figure it out it's titan time talk about this i can tell slasher it's had some interesting upgrades right speed seven melee three range five defense five unit strength two that is a change and that's a positive change a 10 attack 16 18 nerve and 210 crushing strength two pathfinder the sharp strength thrower 36 inch range attacks two blast d3 piercing to steady aim similar to the one that's in the goblin list right but it's specific to salamanders thunderous drums again rally one on and get i don't know if 15 points i don't know a lot of people are spamming the uh, get but i have so many opinions they had an opportunity to bring about the rise of the get they could have yeah. caused the tide of scales it was gonna be amazing and then they were like we're gonna make you pay 15 points for rallying one and i'm like why is that the move like can i pay 20 points for rallying two so that i can have a real nerve <laughs> like they're not exactly like busting the bank with the legions of of uh, warriors or anything we're not like oh we're broken now with one rally this was not gonna be the deciding factor in thinking about rallying gekatoa over anything else in our faction i'm bummed about the, the drums but it's a cool piece and the model's pretty cool, and it hits good, and you can make it all pretty, which is great, but I don't think it does enough for its points. It would be better if, to your point, I think, if they just gave rallying to the Gekatoa. They're now rallying one, and then they stack, and you can get up to two. And they don't have to step on the Ratkins kind of their whole thing, but the Slasher at least could be like this great big awesome symbol for the Gekatoa as they charge forward and they see that guy and it's like oh man we're gonna get him you know they could be rallying too I just think that wouldn't break the game and then I can run my list with three slashers and feel okay about it because you can only take the drums once anyway so you just go in there with all the geckos and they're like yeah we're terrible at melee let's go behind rally too yeah for sure do we know for sure they're US too that it's not a typo yeah, because it's little dudes on top of a big dude. Yeah, it's two. Yeah, it's also two in the goblin list now. Yeah, no, it's two. You got mm. all the little guys. Oh, Dylan, you're not believing the bid red book? Come on. The, Come on, man. You're a man of faith. Just, Come on. I just didn't notice that because like all monsters and titans are unit strength one. That's a big deal, but it's not a maybe not a big enough deal to make you want to take it. This unit makes me mad because again, I played second edition, right? We had an awesome unit it was its own thing it was unique you know they could have you know taken it down their ip path but it got replaced with this because like two or three other factions had a slasher they replaced that with a slash we had the Ankylodon battle platform like that what And, and then we lost that for this and it was like it felt because so many other factions had access to it, it just didn't feel good. In my, it's just my opinion. It's definitely bland, for sure. Yeah, it just... I mean, I know why they do it. Everybody knows why they do it. Wait, but, but I want an Ankylodon battle platform. That sounds badass. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was fun. It was fun. Uh, and it was its own thing. Anyway, that's my two cents on the slasher. 
changes might mean there's there's more people that can play it. If you're playing narratively, yeah. I think you totally want to play it. It'd be cool if you you have like a Katoa army. I, I think it'll be ho- be great fun. The unit strength too. That is actually it's big. It's big. It's big. Right, sleeper. but it's still 210 points. Right, so right. You, you know. I mean, it's it's defense five, sixteen, eighteen nerve, but I don't know. It's it's still it's still in my mind. It's difficult because the greater fire elemental is cheaper. <laughs> is dash eighteen? Yes, it's only unit strength one. It's significantly cheaper. It's like what forty five points? You know, thirty five points cheaper. And with fearless, so who's to say? It, right. Hopefully, the change inspires people to take it more, and maybe they'll listen to cat and give it rallying to in some way. <laughs> that's that's what needs to happen. First of all, it's only a Katoa anyways. You guys have already said you're, you're not taking that many of them. If it was 20 points for just Rally 1, like leave the get-go to part off, I would take that. Well, yes, if it was straight up if it was straight up just already, Rally 1. Because yeah, I take the, the captain in the Kings of Men list for that exact reason. Yeah. Just give me Rally 1 on some great units. A big boy like rumbling down the lane and you wouldn't be a little bit like hype about that? Like, yeah, that would be awesome. Mm. I will say... This is a kick-ass model. <laughs> like this model is badass. Uh, he's a big chunky boy without wings. He's got that cool thing on the back. Now they don't actually make this. I don't, the Salamander version of this yet. It. I, I think they're think coming they with it. It hasn't come yet, but so they're gonna take the the, the goblin version and obviously put some kind of Gekatoa warriors on the back. Editor's note: They do actually make the Gekatoa slasher, and it went up for pre-order on 11 Thorbin, he asked about Kaiser Lancers and Fire Drakes. We talked about the Lancers. Let's get into Fire Drake. Fire Drake, Titan, Height 6, Speed 7, Melee 4, Range 4, Defense 5, uh, Unit Strength 1, Attacks 12, 16, 18, Nerve, 210 points. Crushing 2, Nimble, and Fire Breath, Steady Aim. Fire Drake, greater than Gekota Slasher. I think so. There's less words in his stat block, but less words is sometimes better. Nimble is <laughs> such a good word. Um, yeah. Nimble. My is favorite word. Yep. He's melee four versus the three, but he's sneaking into flanks and, and stuff that the slasher is not because he's nimble. There's reasons for both, I guess. The role that the slasher plays, Fire Drake, plays that role better for the same points if that makes sense in my opinion it is hard not to compare them directly being the same points and so many of the same stats yeah but fire drakes can be modeled to be even cooler looking than slashers so that's something Mm -hmm. and that's a good point triple fire drake sometimes and stampede around with your big nimble dinosaurs which is also exciting for me it just doesn't the things that it does aren't decisive enough to warrant putting in an army. It also needs some spice, much like the Kaisenor Lancers. Yeah. Nimble is awesome. And and I did try yeah. Fire Drakes for a little while. I would just rather have another Horde of Scorchwings, you know? There is a fella in the southeast that runs double Fire Drake to, like, great effect. Ke- like, Kevin Drury? Who are you talking about? Yeah. He gives, yeah, Kevin. I mean, mm-hmm. he, he gives the Sons of Vulcan guys a run for their money, and he uses these Fire Drakes, and he plays them... In a way you wouldn't think, he like runs them on a like a hard flank, like by themselves, like may, well, maybe an inspiring character or something. And it's just like he's just like running up nimble. He's running on like flyers, like because he'll if you don't answer him, he'll just pop them up fourteen and turn in to you know. And it works good for him. It works good for him. I like to use these as 
like a second line, you know, they shoot over the top and then they nimble around when it's time to get in combat. But that's kind of like the typical way you would play this type of unit, not breaking any new ground there. But that's kind of how I use them when I do play with them. Again, though, you're 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 slot starved for these kind of you know monsters and and titans. I mean, it's hard, man, to get to get all the stuff. And Mike McCready asks, is the new Phoenix an auto take? So we got the Phoenix, which is a Titan spellcaster zero, height six, speed eight, which is down, right? It was speed ten. Yes. Yeah. Malay three, range four, defense three. One unit strength, three attack, 16, 18 nerve, and 145 points. 145 points, though. That is a significant drop. Now, obviously, they've taken out some stuff that it used to have by default and made it as an option. You get the Ancient Phoenix 1, which lowers the defense to 2+, plus, while also losing the Nimble Special Rule, but you change Regeneration. Got Regeneration 4 naturally. Now it becomes Regeneration 3 and gain both the Radiance of Life and Cloak of Death Special Rule for one, for 30 points. That makes him 175. And should mention he's Crushing Strength 1, Fly, Nimble, Regen 4, Fire Sparks, 18 inches atta- you know, with 10 attacks at the aim. That's a change too, right? It used to be Fireball. Mm-hmm. This is better, I would think, right? It is. Fireball is 12 inches. That sucks. Yeah, you lose Shattering, but you gain six inches of range and you got heal five too you know let's talk about the glory of the phoenix and how it's going to ascend salamander players and maybe basilian alike gotta be auto glued yeah or no for sure um yeah i think you're completely crazy if you're not 3d printing a phoenix as you're listening to this or getting the mantic one because it's gorgeous my god you you need one they're so good now, are you guys taking the upgrade, or are you just keeping it nice and cheap? Cloak of Death is definitely my favorite rule in the entire game because of its consistency, and this guy is going to be annoying to take down behind my forces. So I think. Well, yeah, because even though he's defense three, but sixteen, eighteen nerve would regen three plus, which is oh, which is even. Oh my gosh! Crazy. I mean, that's two thirds of your wounds back every turn. I wouldn't even shoot it. I would be like, yeah, forget that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, unless you have like fifty plus shots. That you can put all on it, or if it's like out in the open with no cover. But typically, you know, a good player is gonna they're gonna play they're gonna play their battle line into some woods or some some hey, intervening. Just bring those rhinosaurs, right? Height four. Yeah, you want to shoot yeah. my phoenix? Now it's in cover, bro. <laughs> yeah, that's right. The problem with the old phoenix, I think, number one is the price point. So one forty five and one seventy five as options is definitely. Definitely very, very viable. I think 145 is, is actually really pretty, pretty good if you're going to run it with some some Scorch Wings on the flank. I think the upgrade is, uh, like I said, I think 175 is doable if you're just going to rely on the heels. And the Fire Sparks, I think, puts it over the edge because previously when I would play it, I'd watch people play it. It just wouldn't do anything most of the game. And half the games, it turned into a, an overpriced chaff piece near the end because the, the Salamander player was getting no value out of that 200 points he spent i am cautiously optimistic about cloak of death because losing nimble means it's going to be maybe a little bit more difficult to get it right in the middle of combat where you want the cloak to be being able to get that extra pivot is, is a big deal i guess it depends on how you're playing it if, if you're if you're really looking cloak of death and stuff you just sort of maybe right behind your battle line until that one key turn where you get it in there and now you hit them and it stacks with heal too right because you got the, the radiance of life so why oh, heal yeah. five Here's my radiance of life. I definitely like it. I think the Salamander list up until now, it lacked dynamic and interesting tools that maybe other armies did have. This is a new and interesting tool that, that at least it's those things. It's it's interesting. So I'm looking forward to it. You guys taking more than one? Mm, maybe two, but not three. 
Probably not. So, so two, one, one upgraded, one, one base. Yeah, what you can actually do, and this may be a hot take, pun intended. You can actually swap your typical, the typical chaff you see is a couple of Kelly Dons, right? What you can actually do is, if you're looking at offensive output as far as counter chaff goes, you can actually swap those two bad boys out for your Phoenix. It's cheaper. It's the same amount of shots. It's the same range, but you all you do lose a unit strength, but you gain speed, you gain nimble, you gain regen, you gain when you account for that regen four up the sixteen eighteen nerve. Your nerve is even comparable because the Lakelidons are only eleven thirteen, and you're bringing battle line support with the heal. So at one forty five, you can even chaff late game and not feel bad about it. You know, it's yeah. height six, yeah. it's 75 mil. You can fly it out and completely block line of sight to stuff. Whereas the Lakelidon doesn't have that. You can chaff, but you can't block line of sight. So depending on your matchup, you know, they may lose out on that on that roll. You run two at 145 and a 175 guy, that's 30 fire sparks at 18. Like, that's sneak. It's sneaky. Like, yeah, I think you can. I think you can run three of them and, like, not feel bad about it which is something I'm looking into, but it, it just depends really. But I think they're, they're in a great spot. They're in a fantastic spot. Like, uh, like Rob mentioned, I, I'm also looking forward to making, turning it into a trap for players to shoot at, right? As long as you limit the feel of, uh, or the, the amount of fire can take, do the math, get him to devote just enough firepower to it that it won't die. And then regen the next turn. So I, I yep. looking forward to people being disappointed by their, their nerve rolls. Yeah, it's it's a question to answer. Whereas like the Lakelidon's not really a question to answer. It's defense four, eleven, thirteen. Okay, I'll shoot at it. I can kill it. I can kill it. Like I know those numbers are in my favor. But like when you're looking at sixteen, eighteen, region four, probably in cover. Should I split fire? You know, it's got heal, it might just heal it up. If I don't break it, it's got two other healers right next like, you know, that's like that's an actual question like they have to answer. Whereas, you know, it, it, it's an easier question to answer on the other. And so, I, I don't know. I think it's interesting. It's a good unit, for sure. People took unicorns in mass for quite a while with Lightning Bolt and Heal. Now, obviously, Fire Spark's not Lightning Bolt, but it's cheaper and does, um, I guess it doesn't really do other things besides be a big target. Let's get into the heroes. And let's start with the Clan Lord. Is anybody taking the Clan Lord on foot? I don't individual think so. It's an individual, doesn't score. There's just better options. You got a lot of cool options for heroes, and this is not the guy. I've slapped the the duelist item on them on a mount at a few tournaments where there were individuals, and it was okay. I, I do wish it was easier to get mounted individuals into the list. 135 uh, for, points, though, is pricey. There's other options, but obviously yeah. the individual gives you the, the the free the free pivots and all that stuff. Let's jump into the herald. Are we guys? Are we using the herald? No, we have great. Literally. Really, really cool, inspiring options that are not Bam. There. We move on then. Obviously, with all those great elementals in the list, we've got to be using the Mage Priest, right? I have one with Surge. I love uh, Veil of Shadows in the Shooting Dominated meta, so I like running her with a little two-toot horn and Veil and swap out Fireball for Surge, and you got yourself a very expensive uh, stealth bot. I could justify in a, like a heavy shooting. I could see that for sure. Uh, just like, just there, to have that still. At one point in time, I tried Fire Drake Heavy with Mage, like two or three mounted Mage Priests with Fireball. And it was interesting, you know, but it wasn't like, it was, it's still inefficient enough that 
other armies could do it better. It just wasn't a good stick. So, well, I should say the Mage Priest, Speed Five, Melee Four, Defense Five, at- One Attack, Ten, Twelve, Nerve, Ninety Points, Crushing Strength One, Individual, and Inspiring. Crushing Strength One doesn't even matter because you're not going to get- you're not going to get into combat. But Fuel of Fire, while within six inches of another friendly core flame bound unit, this unit can reroll all two hit rolls of natural unmodified one with fireball bane chant heal and surge this is where you were talking about before the synergy with with the the fire elementals right that's that's not terrible right it's not nothing but it, it's not that helpful it's not yeah. that helpful fireball 10 i mean it's got the shattering which is a nice little little pick but there's no piercing on it probably going to hit six times because you got elite sort of uh options you can put it on a raptor for 25 points to make them height three and speed eight. You can give him Bane Chant three. That that is good. Bane Chant three for 30 points. The loot for 25 points. I mean, for five points more, I'm getting Bane Chant three is just much, that much more. Bane Chant three with elite most with elite. Yeah. Heal three for 20. Surge for eight for 30. Would you guys do that? Just drop Fireball and, and just give Surge for free. I do that all the time. Okay. Yeah. If you're if you're gonna take elementals and whatnot, and you need Surge, definitely do that, and then. I think you have to take Bane Chant, hence there's no reason to also have the Fireball. Keith Connery wants to know, what's the best way to kid out a Mage Priest? You leave him in the Army Builder. That's, that's the best yeah. way. I can tell you the funnest way to kid out a Mage Priest. Take two of them and two hordes of Amber's Prize and put Boots of the Seven Leagues on one of your priests and put a Mal on the other. And you just scout up uh, and then run the other one up with them and start Fireballing on top of one. That's 48. Uh, yeah, 48. And the shattering is a big deal, too, because it stacks with other stuff. And right? 20 of it. And 20 of it has elite and shattering. But, uh, that is really that, cute. Yeah. I've never really thought about the scout boots on them. Um, another great build is the very classic Mage Priest on a Raptor with Alchemist Curse 2. Very obnoxious module because she's Def 5 inexplicably. So she prances around using individual to weave behind your units. If you don't have any flexibility and adaptation, she just gets to alchemist curse four times in the game. She doesn't have unit strength. She's expensive, but alchemist curse is a nasty spell. So a five defense cool. caster is definitely something pretty unique to sell. Yeah. So yeah. she's really I mean, Abyssal Dwarf is probably the only one that pops to mind that has the D five caster. Yeah. I know how hard those guys are to get. So the other module is just having her do the veil thing. If you're finding yourself encountering a lot of low power, high volume shots, then veil is your best bet. She's okay as a heal bot to, to supplement things like our fearless units or hanging out with the Phoenix with like a shroud of the saint and heal, but definitely prefer her as like a Jack of all trades caster or an alchemist curse bomb. Real quick question. Why is there no tyrant hero in the list? That feels like a miss. Can you think about a tyrant berserker bully? Where's our tyrant bullies? Run him up the flank with nimble. He turns, smack somebody in the flank. We, we ain't got no chariots. We ain't got no war machines. And we have to fight amongst our unlocks for that coveted monster titan slot. Where's our retribution? And that should be in the form of a delightful little greedy guts-esque nightmare character tyrant that I can throw at people physically. That's what I yeah. need. Physi- physically? I, yes, just yeeted at them. Scared now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. The next hero on the list is the battle captain. Because you could take this guy and foot her on a raptor. Are you taking it that way? Or is it mostly the, the one on the rhinosaur? 
Captain comes to bring his uh, Pathfinder ore if I don't feel like taking the somewhat lackluster formation that we have. The aura is money, so we'll say that. Yeah, this is the one individual I'm trying to squeeze into a list because of the Pathfinder aura. Pathfinder aura for heavy infantry, which is a lot yeah. of your stuff that's important, right? Ceremonial guard, unblooded primes, the whole nine yards. Ancients. Ancients, yeah. yeah. Don't forget about ancients. Yep. Defense six is it. the way. It so. is the way. What magical artifacts you guys are you guys taking? Because I mean, I mean, he's speed five, speed eight. When you when you add them to the the, the mounts, that you know it makes him go from fifty five to, to twenty, you know, twenty five points more. That's what's eighty points, and then fifteen more points for the aura. So you're at what ninety five points. Yeah, you're, are you keeping him cheap at that point. Yeah, if you're taking the battle captain, you're not putting an item because you're going to put the aura on him. You're not going to take him without the aura. Um, and you can't take an item with the aura. Can we just ask the question why the battle captain on Rhinosaur doesn't have the aura? He's That's too busy controlling his monster, man. The Gigato Sky Lord on Scorchwing. Are you guys using that? Oh, yeah. It's a cool model. I will be soon. I haven't before, but, uh, but it looks good. Yeah. Man, speed 10, melee 3, range 3, defense 4, range 3. Fire sparks with 18 inch steady aim. It's 120 oh. points with fly inspiring nimble pathfinder thunderous charge one. Man, that's a nice little and, and height four. It's a nice little versatile unit. I would you, think he yeah. sort of fights for position with regiments, which do the chaff roll a little bit better. But inspiring, I, I think, is important for scorch wings. So. Yeah, he competed for the regiments until he got thunderous one, in my opinion, because now that he has thunderous one like the regiments do. He, with that vicious conda mix up for a little bit. He still he still has less output. You still gotta hit him um, in the flanks if you're gonna charge him in. Yeah. So yeah, you get the eight eight attacks hitting on threes with Pathfinder. Kind of, yeah. You know, on a fast flank with two hordes. If you were running two hordes in a regiment before, I would definitely think about running two hordes and him. Because now you're now your fast flank is inspired. Uh, and he and you know he has good output in a flank for 120 points. You know, 120 point character, he can uh, he can definitely threaten peppering units. You know, with three up shooting and vicious is is a thing too. I really like him. I use I usually run at least one. If I have scorch wings in my build, I usually I usually run one at least so I can inspire them. I would like to formally apologize to the Gekato Skylord. I did not know you were Rat Three. I thought that was impossible in my army, so I've been playing you as Rat Four until. About 30 seconds ago. So thank you. Good night. I will be running more of them. They're very good. They're even better with Route 3. Well, let's talk about this guy. I have nightmares because every time I play Dylan, there's at least two of them on the table. Battle Captain on Rhinosaur, Large Cavalry, Height 4, Speed 7, Malay 3, 5 Defense, one unit strength. So he doesn't heat. That's why he's got it. It's, it's not an individual. Six attacks, dash 15, 140 with Brutal Crushing 2. Thunder Charge 1. Cap brought that up before. That's the opposite of the, the regiments and the horns. Makes him real resilient in that second round. And he's got Nimble, too, which is just speed. Yeah, chef's kiss, as 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 it was said. I, I don't know. My first list in 3rd edition had a Clan Lord on Fire Drake um, and one Battle Captain on Rhino Sword. I immediately, like, after that, after that, first GT with that list, I immediately exchanged the Clan Lord on Fire Drake for two more Battle Captains on Ronosaur. And I ran that all the way to Masters. Triple Battle Captain on Ronosaur. It's a pain train. 
Yeah. As a bane drain. You're adding he, brutal. You can add brutal key combats. Even if you have combats, key combats across your entire battle line, you have three of them with Nimble. So they're shooting around, you know, zigzagging, getting into combats, getting into flanks, crushing two. Oh, man. They're great. The only thing they don't have is they're not inspiring, right? But I guess that's where the agents yeah. come in. Um, the no withdrawal implementation oh. is going to hurt them quite a bit. Could impact this guy because, you know, the farther you move back, the more your arc is. Certainly that's a thing. But at least on the square base, if you can still see it and you're not mm-hmm. disordered by phalanx or ensnare, you still have a chance. Do you guys run the clan lord on a fire drake? He seems really expensive. The rest of the army doesn't really support how fast he wants to go. Right, if you want to make use of yeah, what he speed does, speed time will fly. I don't totally disagree. I think he's, I think he's interesting. I, I do think Brown's right. He is, he doesn't fit really in with like supporting the rest of the list. So, like I said, when I, I, I took him to a GT, um, this was actually before he even got better. He was three hundred at the beginning of third. Now he's two ninety. He was by himself. He was like the typical dragon. I basically put as many units as I could in 2,000 points, and that was my army. And then, bam, 300-point dragon. And then he would he would do the 20 inches pivot threat and flanks on the top of one. So in that in that sense, he's good, but doesn't really fit the faction. Yeah. I feel like there was I got a bad story. This is from second, so his stats were a little bit crappier. But I think he used to be cheaper. Was he like 280? Yeah. He, he um, was, I think he was 285 with wings, but he was 15, 17 and only had eight attacks. And, <laughs> yeah. Well, so, uh, so I took, I took two and one on each flank against the Kingdom's men player. And the KOMN player hit both with a captain on a horse. And over the course of three turns, wavered both of them. The hero on a yeah. horse, which is like it's, sixty or seventy points. Yeah, yeah, it's like dumb. It's <laughs> like, oh yeah, okay. Yeah. This is this is a thing. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that that really, yeah, that yeah. really. It well, needs to be fearless, or it needs to be melee three, or it needs like freaking I don't or know. Strider, give me something. Give me something. It needs rampage. I don't know. Just like anything. I think, I think they should just do away with the. Flying Drake, we or give it, you the option to not, take flying if you want. Well, yeah, but even that, like, if you want, if the faction has its own identity, being just another faction that has a three hundred point dragon is not that. But I mean? it, it, the counter argument here is that this is the faction of dinosaurs. So, like, if anybody should have a big flying dinosaur, it, it should be them. Yeah, uh, I, I would just like, I would just like him at like, you know, I don't know. To 35 and be just a non legendary version of Rakawas, yeah, you know, or something like that. We're almost done with the units. Let's get in and talk about unique units. We've already talked about Firebrand. Are you guys taking our tackle? Sometimes, I guess what's interesting about her is that she does have piercing two with, with this blowpipe weapon when attacking monsters and titans. That's interesting. And her blowpipe's 18 inches range with piercing one, so piercing one goes to piercing two against monsters and titans and she's got the five attacks and she hits on threes i don't know i our tackle's always been too vulnerable for lightning bolt for me for the price you're putting pan. sure yeah are you guys using the other option rakawa's the the pale rider all the time but he's his rules are trash but his model that i chose is so pretty i can't help but use it every he's time. a big big mama jamma too at heights boy you know, height, is he height way six. too expensive 
Yeah, speed six, melee three, range four, defense five. 12 attacks, 18, 20 nerve, which seems pretty good. The other thing is he's a big boy and he's only crushing two. It doesn't, but I guess it's because of the fact he's got fire breath for a 12 inch steady aim shooting attack. But nimble is great, inspiring, vicious, and he's flame bound for what that's worth. Oh, I he's a salamander, oh. so he gets plus one's uh, charge so fast. Wow. Yeah. Um, but he needs strider, something fierce or fearless. Either of those rules would fix him completely. He's almost good enough to take, but he really isn't. <laughs> He's so pretty, though. I really like him. I agree. He may be overcosted a little bit, but the eighteen twenty on a seventy-five mil base is just inspiring. It's really good. What you're saying just makes sense. I nest him. I I nest him in between two guard hordes, so he moves up, inspires, moves up, inspires. Maybe he gets a breath attack. Something bounces off the guard. And then he goes straight into like nimble charges into planks. And what you don't want is an eighteen twenty nimble unit pinballing in between your bat and your battle line. I like him a lot, but I also do a lot of monsters. I play a lot of monsters, a lot of square bases. Square bases is my jam. So I may put a little more value on on his two hundred forty five points than than some, but I like him. I haven't played with him enough to, to really come to a conclusion on the surface. Uh, for me, it, it's hard to include them because the lists, you know, when you want scorch wings and you want hordes instead of regiments, it's, it's hard for me to find the unlock for him. So I, he hasn't seen the table for me yet. So Nick Brooks does ask, do you guys think the formation is worth it? So the formation is uh, whispering scales. It's two regiments of Salamander primes an extra 10 points per unit. So it's 145 points a piece. Uh, for something that's five defense and is 14, 16, which is okay. Uh, and then you get the battle captain with the automatic path of fire. The all get scout stealthy is, is obviously the reason you would take it. And the battle captain gets inspiring, which I think is the, and or elite for those two regiments. Um, so for 20 points, it takes a bunch of stuff that it's like pretty average and, and okay. It makes it still okay. Like it doesn't, th- this formation doesn't do anything decisive like many other formations out there. I like it, and from the last time I played and I did use it, uh, normally I run two ceremonial guard hordes. I dropped a horde for two regiments for a, a little bit more flexibility in my, my battle line because maneuvering two heavy infantry uh, hordes is, is difficult. And there's from, from time to time, you can just bully up uh, up the field towards something shooting at you since there's very little stealthy or no stealthy in, in, in the list, but definitely not an auto-include. It's been okay for me. I take it when I'm already going to take the battle captain with path of fire already that it's like feels all right to do, but I've tried the normal primes, 200 primes. I have tried just ignoring the formation and taking the battle captain. Anyway, it's of huge. It depends on your meta. If you're getting a lot of small arms fire, you need these nerds to hold off on corners and in control or nab tokens and hold them to their little tiny talons, but it's not definitely not an auto include. Definitely think about it and definitely lean towards a no, unfortunately. For me, if I'm taking the battle captain, then that means I'm supporting, I want to support infantry with a pathfinder or so I'm more than likely taking, you know, unblooded or ceremonial guard or even proms, just straight proms. But like with him, like you want, the formation wants him to to be scouting up with the whispering scales 
you know, they get, he gives them inspiring. They get the formation gives them inspiring and elite for whispering scale. So like you're splitting off your pathfinder aura and you're putting it into a spot on the board where you don't really want the pathfinder aura. You want to be able to position your battle line. Formation is a glorified chaff. Like, so it doesn't, yeah. it's in a weird spot where it's not really, I don't know. I, it's just not, it's not what you want. I think the inspiring, giving the guy inspiring is, is, uh, overlooked as far as being important, but really the biggest strength for me is I really like having 14, 14 drops in a list, or at least being able to out drop the opponent by one or two, because my last drops are going to be score twings or tyrants. It's so much easier when you dictate where that hammer goes the last round. And so being, for me, being able to put more cheap stuff on the field is, is the real strength, but I don't know that it's worth, you know, taking. So we're going to take a quick commercial break. And we'll be right back. I'm Trent Sosby, and you're listening to Countercharge, the podcast. Welcome back to Countercharge. All right. Well, next up, you've heard about all the units. Let's talk about army lists. Let's talk about construction scenarios and that kind of thing. And the first thing I want to ask, how do you see the, the book changing the army in terms of how it fits in the greater meta? I think given that we're kind of a combined arms team with a lot of really amazing hitting power and medium survivability with the introduction of the Phoenix, we're going to say solidly B tier where we belong, where we can answer some of the top meta calls with our one list and bully certain other factions, but we're not probably going to rise to, it's not the year of the Salamander just yet, but I think it'll will be solid A, uh, B for sure. But maybe we would argue that you guys are so good players, such great players, you don't need the A tier crutch. You can take a B and ride it right into Masters. Yeah. Well, that's why none of us have won Masters of Salamanders. So. That's a good point. Dylan, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I think they're. I think they were already up there, like at least close to A tier. Um, if you were to put all the factions into a tier, I don't know that the changes are going to move them up or down, so to speak. I think the changes to cover is going to make them even more flexible than they already were. Again, going you know with their varying heights and all that, you know the there's definitely going to be phoenixes on the table. As well, far as how army, what about what about smart charges, Dylan? I mean, you guys got these big ass hordes. That's true. You would think smart charges would be a, a nice boon. That's true. Uh, it's hard. It you know it's hard to run an infantry based salamander list. You know, and that you know that 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 triple unblooded horde list is infinitely better now with smart charges. So you guys um, got to enlighten me. I I don't know what this means. That's the name, I guess. People started calling it, but basically. When you align your charges now, you can align all the charged flanks. You charge the unit under normal rules in the past. You, like, say, I was charging in the flank and I was charging in the front. You charge one arc at a time and you have to center. So when you center, if you block yourself from that other arc, you're at, you can't do the combo charge. But now you can shift either arc to accommodate the opposite arc. The units as they hit will accommodate additional units coming in. Yeah. So it will not center up. It will move down to let this other guy in the flank. And yeah. a lot of times you could do that before you had to go in the right order. This just makes it easier. And obviously bigger the unit, the harder it was. I don't know if that means you're going to have more hordes in your list. Cause I mean, let's be honest, you guys are all playing with tyrants. Yeah. I foresee some, some really interesting shenanigans coming in. Yeah. I know I ran into situations where, I couldn't do anything with the heavy infantry hordes just because of the way they were positioned. It was so easy to 
you know, to force me into like just being blocked up. Yeah. Um, the way it is now, you're going to be able to use charges for repositioning more often, if that makes sense. Because uh, you're not, you're going to be blocking yourself less, is what I'm trying to say. I think <laughs> not just hordes, but the fact that you've got so many varying heights, you know, I think that's going to play into it too. That well, you could always see the target, but maybe you couldn't fit where you needed to fit. And now there's going to be some accommodation for this rhinosaur horde coming in, you know, or a regiment yep. coming in on the backside. You know, all right, well, I'll, I'll find a place to tuck them in. Brian, same question to you. I, I got to be honest, I I don't, I haven't gone through it yet. This particular one is, is huge for me, knowing this, because you can effectively shift a, you know, uh, one of these heavy infantry hordes. You know, if their target is on their right-hand corner and they have a unit like a Lachilodon or Battle Captain to their left, also flank and allow your horde to go forward and then shift 250 millimeters over to the right, um, that's going to open up a lot of really weird possibilities. There's going to be a whole undercurrent of people figuring out how to maximize it. The Tom Asses of the world are going to figure out how to, how to make this work to his advantage. Really, what I'm curious about is if you only had one tip for a new player coming in saying, I want to play Salamanders, what's your tip? A new player playing Salamanders, you want to start with figuring out what models you want to use, and then you want to go all in, if you can, into a nice, punchy melee army. That is a great way to experience Salamanders. You want to pick up a box of Tyrants. You want to pick up uh, the starting box because it's got all the Keladon in it. You just want to, you know, build up your forces nice and nice and hitty because you'll enjoy it the most in the beginning. Buy some Scorch Wings. Scorch Wings, that's that's a fair one. <laughs> I think you pick the unit that's your quote-unquote, your, your favorite unit, the unit that sticks out to you, and you build around that. You build a combined arms list. That's where you want to start with Salamanders. They're so flexible that you don't have to go down one avenue to be competitive. You don't have to spam anything. You don't have to run one style of play. You can go combine arms and compete with any faction. Would you recommend this army for a new player? I don't know. Probably not. Who knows what they're really out, you know, out to, to do, you know? I don't want to be like a bummer and be like, nah, but also just as a realist, if you are wanting to place well in tournaments, go go find yourself some really pretty greater air elementals. I would recommend a combined arms list to a new player. They can be fine they like they can be really finessey, but in a combined arms list is pretty it's pretty straightforward in my opinion. That might be just me because I played them a lot, uh, but I really think you know it. W- it wouldn't be much different than any other faction with combined arms. You know, you have infantry, you have supporting backline, you have some shooting, you have a fast flank. I don't know. I, I think uh, I think they would be good for a new player. Uh, they would be forgiving. I'll, I'll sure. say that the army yeah. can be forgiving, which yeah. is good for a new player. All right, next question. Justin Berg wants to know, which unlocks do y'all find harder to manage? The troop unlocks for units like Ancient Scorchweeds and Ember Sprites or the Hero Monster Titan unlocks for all the amazing units there? Monsters and Titans for sure. Like, good God, if we could have a special rule where all of our war engine unlocks became Monster Titan ones, that'd be sick because I don't have any issue with the irregulars. If I need Corsairs, I activate Firebrand button. If uh, 
if I need more scorch wings, just a couple more hordes of uh, unblooded until you got enough. And it's just like, regulars are no problem. It's the lack of being able to utilize that third unlock option. The things that would be in that slot and other armies are taking up a monster slot. So your monsters and your titans, you know, it's a tighter fit in 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 the list. Same question to you, Brian. Yeah. So I I, I don't think any of us take a lot of troop uh, troop spam, but uh, I think the army lacks something good at the regiment level that also unlocks. Um, if it had that, it, it and you know, and not just a a regiment of unblooded or a regiment of of gecko tab but something that served a purpose um that could whoa 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 unblooded serve a purpose in the regiment level (laughs) (laughs) they are excellent at the regiment level they also die really easily but sometimes they get to hit first and they do a decent amount of wounds if they're not hindered (laughs) so there are the ancients so good that they don't deserve to unlock yes well they're defense six so yeah and they they inspire so so are siege breakers they don't inspire I don't. I don't think you would see people take two regiments of ancients or or three. Well, no. I, I guess I'm trying to in my head, like, yeah. Okay. If they, I, yeah. I don't know. I don't understand it. I mean, they're almost 200 points. I think they should unlock. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think it's maybe less about unlocking and just you can't take them as allies. <laughs> That's part of it, right? Like they're a regular, so you can't take them in other armies. But maybe you've just answered the question by saying, well. The book now says allies are optional. I mean, and maybe we'll see yeah. a reduction in allies. Jeremy brought up a good point. A lot of times we're doing this thing about whether it's regular or, re- or irregular. We're adding new rules because Mantic is chasing this this concern about well, people might use them as allies. If we just yeah. get rid of allies, then it's not a concern. You can have all is your that- toys at that point because we don't have to worry about the people that have no self restraint. I would assume since they have inspiring, just like any other source of inspiring, if you took them as allies, they would inspire whatever you took from the allied contingent. So you wouldn't even have to take a hero at that point. You brought up a good point, Brian. There's not a lot of troops here that you, that you would take, but man, you have a lot of really good irregular stuff that takes those troop slots because you got the scorch wings, the ember sprites and the ancients, right. That all have to be unlocked by something. You guys aren't taking primes as regiments typically, right? You're taking a horde of primes if you're taking them at all. An argument can be made for a two-handed weapon regiment of primes. Like if you have two hordes of guard, you have your two-handed weapons in between them, and that way that gives you some play to where something bounces off your horde. Now you have a flank option with crushing two. There, there's there's a use. There is a use for the regiment, and it gives you an unlock too. And it's not too one thirty-five. It's not super expensive. All right, next question, John Paul Fuller Jackson. What's the auto take for the army and what's the never take? Auto take is greater fire elemental with the upgrade. Always in the list, no matter what. Um, never take, never take Gecto Warriors. They're a real bummer. Auto take for me. Um, Ember Sprites. Yeah, which is funny because the list I'm going to share doesn't have any. I'm going to actually, I'm going to say the new Phoenix, the new ancient Phoenix. Fair enough. Never take. She already said Gecko Ta, so I will agree with that. And I will also say Fire Elementals. Scorch Wings and then Primes. What are you guys doing to mitigate the effect of terrain? I mean, even without the Pathfinder Aura, I say you don't really mitigate terrain. I say you, I think you just use it to your advantage. Even with, like I said, even without the Aura, you know, you put your hordes, your heavy infantry hordes in terrain, your speed five, you're going to get alpha 
nine times out of 10. So force bad charges and counter charge. Now on a counter charge, train doesn't matter. You do want to create charge lanes for your tyrants. As a backline unit, you're going to have that flexibility. You can, half your battle line is in difficult terrain. You're going to have, you can shift one way or another to create those charge lanes for your backline. But really the only option besides the 15 point item is the aura if you want to mitigate terrain. You have that option. You just take the Pathfinder Bro if you have enough heavy infantry to, to justify it. If you're running those ancients, if you're running the Primes or the Ceremonial Guard, rather. Primes don't exist unless they're in the formation. You have that. You've got the Greater Fire Elementals who thankfully have Pathfinder built in, which rules. Besides like Scorchwings and other Flying Gecko boys, you're going to have some issues in the, in the more densely terrain-packed GTs with those enormous forests. You most of our units just really hate being hindered, just like everybody else, I guess. But um, you're just going to have to play thoughtfully. Remember that games are lost and won and deployment. And you can have your battle captain jogging, tagging a bunch of dudes, doubling back, running 10, tagging a bunch of other dudes. Um, you can make it work, but I would be thoughtful in your list construction. Make sure it's not too vulnerable to large paths, pathfinder issues. Never the caterpillar, anyways. Relied on the battle captain and the scorch wings. To dig things out of terrain. What's the best scenario and what's the worst scenario? They can play any scenario. This is another reason why you want combined arms. You can, I mean, raise. You have fast stuff that can get across the board. Pillage, control, anything towards the center of the board. You have a lot of anvil power that doesn't shift easily. You know, push. You know, you again, you have a lot of anvil power. You can... You drop everything on one unit and just move up as you would normally. In a scenario like that, you put everything, you put all your eggs in one basket, and you play kill for the rest of the game. They're really flexible. They can play any scenario. I like invasion because of uh, really bully your way down the, down the table with, with guard and ancients. And uh, you've got the scorch wings to, to set up your counters. It really forces the other guy to... Puts him in a position to make bad decisions when he's got phalanx on one side or potential flanking flyers on the other. I think we're, we rule on all scenarios. We particularly rule at kill, but we are, we're great at everything. I'm got good offensive that. output, and you're hard to, in most cases, hard to punch back because you got a lot of defense five. That's right. right. Or even the defense four stuff, a lot of it's fearless, might not pop. Brian, why do you enjoy playing salamanders? I think they lend themselves to is more of a control and, and toolbox style as opposed to you know an alpha strike uh or um something that doesn't have as many options you know basically exactly what uh what what cat and, and dylan have been saying as far as options on the table it's it's neat to figure out which tool you need in a certain scenario and then go employ it as opposed to be able to field a bunch of just efficiently point costed units I enjoy playing Salamanders because uh, it's got the best modeling and, and painting opportunities for me, like we said earlier with the bright colors and the options for models. But more than anything, I'm very comfortable picking a faction that's not top tier and just like kind of navigating that space and making making things work the way that I like them, um, experimenting with lists. There's a huge amount of list diversity that's possible with this army between Corsairs, between Elemental Spam, between... Uh, unblooded, which are the superior model. Um, and between all the different things that you can choose, you can do a lot in the space of salamanders, which I think is what's most fun about them. What's interesting to me is they feel like a maybe a safety blanket in the sense that if I do get punched, <laughs> normally I'm going to still be around to hit you back. Playstyle-wise, I'm a counter puncher. 
you know, I played Tomb Kings back in the day, and I just I love counterpunching, and I think this is this is the counterpunching army or a counterpunching army. For me, it's the flexibility. I know I've mentioned that a lot. They are they're incredibly reactive. You can with with the access to phalanx, the access to defense six regiments, the access to a lot of hardy square bases. You can really force some, you know, some bad charges and and capitalize on that. And you know, they they fit my playstyle really well. I really like, you know, the nod flank with a fast with a fast opposite flank. And they just they just fit that role so well. And be flexible within that role. You can build a list around a certain playstyle. And depending on your matchup, you can kind of move things around on the fly and and really make and modify and adjust to scenario, to opponent, to list, uh, opponent's list anyway. And, and, and they're lizards, riding lizards. So icing on the cake. What is the points level Salamanders are best at? It's 2300 because the other point levels feel like they don't exist in my meta. <laughs> Yeah, I would agree. Twenty three hundred, and I would say ambush. We used to play two thousand points in the southeast a lot. I, I think they're fine at all ranges. Well, next up, we're going to share some lists. Um, so this list, this is a combined arms list, kind of built around some of the things I've talked about throughout the uh, throughout the cast. But it starts with two hordes of ceremonial guard, two hordes of tyrants, a horde of scorch wings, one, two, three phoenixes one of which is upgraded battle captain on rhinosaur two gecko to sky lords on scorch wings and rekawaz the pale rider it's a run-of-the-mill deployed denied flank um ceremonial guard tyrants are your backline you chew through my ceremonial guard i'm gonna hit you with tyrants scorch wings and uh make up the fast flank Three Phoenixes, I really think, is going to be... I've tested this list once, and it did really well. 30 shots at 18 inches is sneaky. Like, even mm-hmm. even when you're behind your lines, you know, you're getting it good. When you're getting out there, you're you're taking, you're taking peeling off chaff, and it's a question to answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they shoot my 16-18 support unit that's only 145 points, they're not shooting my 265 unit strength 4 units or they're not shooting at tyrants who would also be in cover. And if they do shoot at those other units, they're not likely to break unless you're just complete gun line spamming, just trying to roll sixes. If that's not the case, then I'm going to heal up because I got 15 yeah. heals. Right, radius life and, and heal and heal 15. The the two cheap ones, they can still support combats. They're three attacks on three, crushing one. They can do a wound. Um, the... Living Legend one will do at least two wounds. It's going to do a wound in combat, and it's got Cloak of Death. The other two Phoenixes are their Chaff. 145 is a little high for Chaff, but they can block line stop. They can deny flanks. They can jump out at the end of the game and score, because they're still unit strength one and nimble. Uh, They just, at 145 points, they bring a lot of flexibility that that unit didn't provide mm-hmm. at 195, if that makes sense. Couldn't really sacrifice, you know, a 200 point unit 
It's hard to use as chaff. How many points is the list? How many units? Unit strength? Give me all the, oh, the stats. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 2,312 units, so it's on the elite side, and it's 24 unit strength. But every unit in the list scores. I think it's it's pretty cool. I would break down some of those hordes, if only because it's too elite of a list, but also it looks like it would play, would play really fun. It has all the elements that I enjoy, um, minus Rakawas being wavered all the time. It just seems like a really fun an enjoyable approach to playing salamanders, and I look forward to seeing it in on table. Super curious to see how three phoenixes work out. I think we all are. That's mm-hmm. the magic, right? So 2300, this is pretty much the same thing I've been playing for a couple of years now. Starts with a, a regiment of ancients, two ceremonial guard hordes, two tyrant hordes, two scorching hordes, two lachelodons, the, uh, the ancient phoenix, the obligatory battle captain on foot with pathfinder aura for the guard hordes, Battle Captain Arano, and that leaves 150 points for another character that I haven't decided on that needs inspiring, probably a Scorchwing. Comes to 13 drops and 28 unit strength. And uh, the last list I played was basically this, except it's dropped a guard horde for the the formation, which bumped it to 14 drops, which, like I said earlier, I, I really, really like to have. Plays like it sounds. It sits in the middle looking forward to seeing the phoenix do work with uh, scorch wings on the far left and right waiting on the chance to capitalize on on bad things the other guy does I don't normally use a whole lot of magic so in that that last 150 points you know i might put uh put some effigies here or there or or um, you know a thunderous item on scorch wings uh, we'll, we'll we'll see but that's that's pretty much it seems like a a, a good list it's it's very sturdy it's very. It plays very scenario forward. You're a little bit less adaptable, but you're a lot uh, more ready to brace for impact. So, question I do have for you: You were mentioned, Brian. You know where you put the tyrant hordes are important. They got to be screened, preferably in cover. Is it the only way you do that is to outdrop your opponent, or do you guys ever use the scrying gem to maybe get that get that drop? I haven't used the scrying gem. It would be nice with the scorch wings. I think offer enough enough shooting and flexibility to combine with the lakiladon or two nearby. You could put the lakiladon in front of the tyrants, with the tyrants' flank being protected by a guard horde. Either shoot him up enough that he cares more about killing the lakiladon or scorch wings to not worry about the tyrants, and by that time the tyrants are in range. Or like Dylan suggested earlier, the tyrants are there as, as a as pure counterpunch when things get close. So this list, conceptually, much like many of my other lists, are like, what anvil? I just want to hit them as fast as I can. So I've got a regiment of ancients holding up the middle, up the shore. We've got a couple of uh, regiments of corsairs, itemless, hanging out in the far flank, um, mowing down opposing spooky air elementals or other things that threaten the corsairs themselves like 24 and shooting. Uh, then we've got two tyrant hordes, one with the brew of sharpness, their favorite, and the other horde with the Sir Jesse's boots of striding. Now that the caterpillar potion is out, that pivotal crunchy unit that's going to do all of the work in my list. Please don't shoot it. Thank you. Uh, we've got two regiments of dinosaur cavalry who are the dedicated babysitters of the tyrants. Their job is to get shot first and then let the tyrants hopefully by then get into where they need to go. Alternatively, though, I find that against uh, like wider melee armies, it's a lot better to stagger them appropriately so that the tyrants can still see what they need to if the rhinosaurus get tangled up punching some harpies or something. Um, then we've got a little throwaway regiment of ember sprites for holding tokens or for uh, screening the corsairs on the way up. Then we've got 
a greater fire elemental with the aura of wild charge, which is incredibly important as I'm finding for boosting the Renosaurs uh, threat, boosting Rakaos if you've got him. I've got the Ancient Phoenix hanging out. Test, I'm sending him for a test drive. Very excited about it. I've got a Mage Priest with uh, Veil 3, Sacred Horn, and Surge. So she's just my Veil bot. This is the kind of stuff that I'm fighting all the time, so I needs it. I find that the 9-inch Veil is incredible uh, for shoring up your defenses, and I feel like the Phoenix being an ad means that the Small Arms Fire just isn't going to work anymore, which is exciting. And then I've got the uh, the Salamander Prime, uh, the uh, formations. I can take Zoe Kifli. I'm taking this list for a spin really soon. It's a bit all over the place and a bit scatterbrained, but it's one of those things where I can't really know how good the Ancient Phoenix is until I've seen it in tandem with a lot of different units. And that's a this is a way to speed run that and get right to it. You know, that's a wrap. It's the Salamander Army Review. Dylan, where can we find you out on the internet? Not really many places on the internet on the salamander armies of kings of war I, facebook group. I, yeah salamander armies kings of war i also have a group dedicated to my gt king of the monsters january this is the last week in january yeah 28th and 29th i think in batesville arkansas Batesville, a little arkansas. history lesson it's the what first incorporated city in the, in the state of arkansas it's the okay. oldest city in arkansas it's in the middle of nowhere just a heads, a heads up it's somewhere but it's also nowhere so it's yeah, it's a small town, but room and board is cheap, food is cheap, and the uh, theme of the GT is based on Godzilla. Uh, Godzilla is my jam, and so you come to the GT, you get to bring a free kaiju. If you go to the page and join the page, player pack is up, everything is up, all the monster options: King Kong, Rodan, Mothra, Godzilla. Midora. Godzilla. They're all there, yeah. and they're all great, and they're all a lot of fun. Yep. Uh, big stompy fun... kaijus are just never a bad thing, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly, yeah. and it's just a good old time. But anyway, all the all the registration information is all on the page. King of the Monsters GT on Facebook. We'll put a link in the show notes, so just hit there. Brian, I know uh, you're also a frequent contributor to this the Salamander Army's Kings of War Facebook page. Yeah, yeah, there. Uh, I, I am going to be needing to get some Universal Battles in game soon. I'll probably be posting up there soon, looking for folks to, to play against. When I get back from Korea, I'll, I'll be at uh, Bug Eater and maybe uh, maybe Lone Wolf. When you retire and you move back to the States, where's home going to be? Uh, Colorado. Uh, Colorado. With, with Tyler and, and uh, Tyler Schultz and, yep, and, and Garrett. And those guys. Yeah. Was there any tournaments you want to plug? I don't run any. Bug Eater's awesome. I'll be there next Bug year. Eater's awesome in Omaha, Nebraska. Also going to be where the Masters will be next year. And they have a great best of the rest. This is the first time I'm saying it, but let's make this. I would love this. I would love best for us to be over 100 people. That would be amazing. Where can we find you on the internet? Yeah, so I am a full-time commission painter by trade. I'm going to start Twitch streaming soon on twitch.tv slash Kedlin, K-E-D-D-L-I-N. Just me painting miniatures and playing video games. Um, and I'd like to plug the Pilgrimage, which is coming up over in local Philly, and the ACO, which is over in New Jersey. Both outstanding conventions that my friends run, and I would really love it if you guys would come, because I'll be there. Links to the show notes for all those events we mentioned. And do you have a page for your commission painting service? I do. It's uh, substitutestudios.weebly.com. Awesome. Another link will be in the show notes. Really appreciate time commitment here. Obviously, a lot of work putting the notes together, putting the list together, and then sitting through this marathon recording session. So really, really big, big, big hearty thanks. Thanks for listening. This has been Countercharge. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time on 
Countercharge. Please let us know what you thought of the show by emailing us at counterchargepodcast at gmail.com, on Twitter at countercharge15, or by commenting on the Countercharge Kings of War podcast Facebook group. If you enjoy the show, you can help others find out about it by leaving positive reviews on iTunes. Until next time, keep countercharging. Music is a composition of Kevin McLeod and is licensed under Creative Commons. Does anybody, can anybody do an Australian accent? No. Okay. Well, I'm not going to try because <laughs> I embarrass myself. But from a thematic point of view. Oh, you're muted. Uh, it helps if I don't be an idiot and mute myself. My I forget to put them in. Oh, they're all the way yeah. down here. Never mind. Yeah, Are they heavy right. infantry? They're, they're at the bottom where they're supposed to be. So. <laughs> they? Oh, okay. damn. All right. Them's fighting words. <laughs> they're Corsairs, right? So why don't they have like extra piercing against water elementals? Because like they're on boats all the time. I don't know. I'm just... <laughs> so they can shoot water better? So they can shoot water better. I don't know. <laughs> but, you know, Bob's your uncle. Yeah, I'm hesitant to spend too many points on them because of their their lack of durability. I'm sorry, Brian. I'm old, dude. So I got all the old sayings, right? I'm what just from the South, man. What does that even mean? I don't know. <laughs> I'm not from the I'm not from the South either. I'm from Michigan originally, but oh, okay. uh, you know, the more I the more I live here in uh, in Memphis, uh, you know, I'm not quite to the the Southern gentleman that Dylan is over in Arkansas, but I'm hoping to get there one day. And I also hope my accent drops about yeah, like four more. So I'm really deep. That's you know, someday <laughs> it'll, it'll, it'll get there. Um, he sounds so good, doesn't he? He's amazing. I do what I can. Yeah. He also, by the way, ladies and, and Brian, he sings and plays guitar very well. Ooh. And you want to spark up a, 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 a have a good time at a tournament? You get Dylan to come and play some songs on Friday night. The are you still getting feedback? By the way. Not right now, yeah. Better. Not right now. So, did you change? Um, I put a I put a, a earpiece in. That will that you might that may have solved it. Cool. Keep rolling. Um, Don't worry. I'll call you out if if I hear it. This is this okay. is this is top shelf here stuff, man. This is the top shelf right. gin. Uh, Dylan, you you got eyes there. Was trying to tell me that you're disagreeing with that. You're a big fan of the fire drink. <laughs> I, I, well, <laughs> I can I, tell, uh, man. We 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 have that relationship where I can tell when. When my, uh, my my partner from Arkansas is disagreeing with what's being said, I don't totally, I don't totally disagree. Um, I think he's I think he's interesting. Dylan, you want to do a quick commercial break? Bring us back, and then we'll close this stuff out. We're almost done, so now we're just going to get a couple questions about building armies and, and share a list, and then we'll be done. You want to bring us to a commercial and back? Um, so we're just going to go to a commercial break, or like, and then you want me to. Okay, so we're going to take a quick commercial break. You know, this is obviously going to be much better than the Empire Dust and the Riftforge Orcs. I mean, Riftforge Orcs is all Australian, so they don't know anything down there. So, <laughs> you know, we're really only competing with the, the EOD, and Salamanders are way cooler than EOD. So, I don't know. Anybody want to take us out? Uh, I mean, I can. I can. Okay, you, you can do it? Dylan's like, I guess I'll do it. Thanks for listening. This has been Counter Charge.